Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to episode number 170 of the Classic Gaming Podcast. Today's date is December 18th, 2021. I'm Robert Ring. With me is Mr. Jay Totoro. Hello, good afternoon. How are you? I'm great. How about you? Doing good. Uh, getting close to the holidays. Everything's all ready to go. Just hoping that uh, nothing crazy happens. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. Yeah. Are you guys all ready for Christmas? We were talking. We we're talking about this a little bit before we started recording. But uh, are you? Do you? Are you overall ready? Have you done all your shopping? Yes, all set to go. Um, Lisa took care of most of it. My job has been obscene in the last like month or so. Just a lot of shit's happened. So um, Lisa took care of most of it, and I really appreciate her for it uh, because we are more or less ready, to my understanding. So cool. Just good. How about you? Uh, yeah, actually, I think we're pretty much done. Like we. Me and uh, my daughter are going to go get the dogs some, like, dog presents sometime next oh, week. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. but we, get, we got Diego a DNA test. Not that, That's obviously not for him. We got him some other things as well. <laughs> for Christmas. We got him a DNA. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we've always wanted to know, like, you know, a little bit more about him, so. Do you, like, so you don't know what kind of dog he is, or you didn't? No, we, we, we adopted him, so we, we, we like, assume, make some assumptions, and that that has given us some ideas as well, but uh-huh. um, we don't know for certain. That's my, uh, we have a dog that's. We think is a Jack Russell Rat Terrier mix. He's definitely sure. Jack Russell something, but he seems like a little bit of, like not just Jack Russell. Um, sure. But yeah, we're not 100% sure what he is either because he he literally was on our doorstep one day and that's, that was how we wow. got him. Yeah. It's like a storybook tale. I walked, I was going to work. This is like, you know, close, this is probably close to 10 years ago, I guess. And uh, he was just on our doormat, like just looking at me. <laughs> and I was like, that's great. What? Like I, and, and we found out that, so he was microchipped that we called the girl whose number, you know, was on the microchip information and, uh, she had moved to like Maine or something like that or Maryland, one or the other. And she said she lost him like six months ago. So nobody, and like in the meantime had moved. So no, like nobody knows where he was for that six months or how he got, she lived like a good 10 miles away from us. are crazy like that. Like they will, they will traverse, man. Yeah. So she didn't want him back? Well, not really. (laughs) She said like, she said, okay, she said she did, but like she could, there wasn't any way for her to come get him. So take what you Dude, will. I would drive. I would drive across the country. I would. Diego, just, I would too. Yeah, same here. And I think most every most dog owners would. But she was like, I don't know what to do. I can't come get him. We're like, uh, you well, can pay somebody to deliver it. Like what? Yeah, and then we just we just ended up keeping him anyways. Oh, good on you. Yeah. At the end of the day. Um. 
My wife is thinking about fostering some dogs right now. I want to do that so bad. I, I, I struggle with the emotional attachment piece um, of like yeah. getting overly emotionally attached to them. But I want to do that as well. Because at least, you know, Lisa and I fostered uh, a dog and a cat this year. And both of us oh, really? were really cool I didn't to know do. that. Well, I knew about, yeah, because well, we, but... we, res we rescued that cat. Tell me about the cat, um, yeah. And then we found a dog, the same dog, a few different times because uh, they just kept getting out and so like we held on to we, we've had a bunch of random pets throughout the year this <laughs> year specifically which totally fine with that would do it again right now but yeah yeah so that, I, that was one of the things i brought up i was like are you guys going to be okay i was like well, you know mostly Lindsay, but also my daughter I was like are y'all gonna be okay once this dog gets adopted and she was like I think so. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that, at least they were honest. A lot of people are like, no, I'll be fine. It's like, are you going to be fine? Yeah, I'll be fine. Are you going to be fine? I'll be fine. It's like, yeah. it's hard. I mean, that's, uh, you know, you get accustomed to having them in the house and, you know, so. Uh, yeah, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But yeah, uh, that's super cool. Yeah. So, uh, well, okay. Enough jib jab. We got a bunch of emails. We got a bunch of, we got a couple top five lists. We got a bunch of games to talk about. I don't really, let me check. I don't think, think I really have any news. Um, there were like, Oh, come on. There's some news. Okay. What? Do you want to talk about Blizzard news? Not really. <laughs> no, it, it just, it, it's more of a meme at this point. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah. Blizzard was still, no, uh, no, there, there was one that came out. Oh, something uh, actually was, happened. Yeah. So, so, one real quick thing is their stock. Their stock's recovered a little bit, but their stock is still plummeting, which is great. They're, all all their IPs are crashing right now, which is great. Like nobody wants to play their games. It's really, really good. It's all good things. Uh, but apparently, there was like a re reported cases or case of people stealing women's breast milk out of the. Fridge. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my god, uh, it was so good though. Yeah. I was, I'm gonna read that. I'm like, what? Like how? Like if, if that happened, to my company. So there, there was one time at uh, the company I worked for, you know, people would put creamer in the fridge and, you know, people would, people were coffee drinkers. Uh, they would steal it. You know, they would use it for their own drinks. Or I don't see how that is such a common thing that people get. I their... would never do it. Yeah. I would never do that because here's the thing. If I forget my creamer, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to drink my coffee black because then, then at the end of the day, I'm going to go, you know what? I don't want to do that again. I'm going to bring my, my uh, creamer for the fall. <laughs> yeah. Day. Right. Uh, so the best part was, is this girl I worked with, she was hilarious. She was just absolute fire. And so she put a note in the fridge. It was like, whoever's been drinking my creamer, I hope you enjoyed drinking my breast milk. Because she was breastfeeding and she was storing it in a creamer bottle at work. <laughs> you know, some dude is probably like, I like this. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly what I was looking for. <laughs> yeah. So that was pretty good. Oh, man. That sucks. That sucks for that person and the uh, Blizzard people. Yeah. Who would happen yeah. to? Yeah. Can, can suck an egg, so. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Okay. Well, yeah. There was our weekly bl or our episodely uh, Blizzard update. Yep. Yeah. Keep it short. Don't really. Ha I guess the gaming or the game awards did happen. Well, who oh, even... my God. Did you watch it? <laughs> I did not. Tell so. I know. I've, I've heard the complaints, but why don't you give us a rundown? I'll just share it. I got super baked with Hunter and Lisa and we watched it together and we couldn't watch it for more than like 30 minutes at a time. It's so cringy. So, so what we watched, we watched, I, I, I don't understand why this was, but we watched like two hours of it, right? Like off and on throughout the day, we were just like turning it on and turning it off, turning it on. It was mobile games the entire time, which <laughs> I'm sorry, but if mobile games are your primary source of playing video games, I feel sorry for you because mobile games are 
primarily dog shit. There are some exceptions to it, obviously, but predominantly they are absolute dog shit. There is just no depth to it. They are generally just microtransaction machines, and there's just nothing. There's no substance to micro it. machines and micro 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 transaction mach- machines. micro micro machines. Is that what we can call it that? Micro machines, microtransaction machines. Uh, that's basically Blizzard in a nutshell, by the way. Um, and so we were watching it, and it was like the best part is is the game awards are are owned or funded by uh, certain developers. Like there there were certain developers that were like the primary sponsors for it, which right. of course they then in turn talk about their games, and of course they have cringy hosts who clearly don't play video games because they're talking about games in a very like hyperbolic general way that just like doesn't it doesn't give you any like confidence that they know what the fuck they're talking about so you have that then they did they had like segments where they did like music or like some sort of like tie-in with music which was really weird and then that's that's pretty common to have like a musical performance right i'm sorry i don't really i don't really enjoy that like box same thing with boxing right like when we watch like boxing i really hate when they do they do that on boxing matches oh yeah have you not seen this this is what you're talking about like celebrity or not celebrity but like the uh, thriller or thriller, whatever it was that that boxing. But, okay, but not like a normal boxing match. Is that not normal boxing? I don't know. What's I don't know. I thought you're, that you're was you're talking like about like Tyrone Woodley versus Jake Paul and stuff like that, right? Uh, some of it. Tyrone, so Triller, Tyrone. Triller was like the host that did a bunch of different boxing matches over the last. Co- they're they're out of business. I think they're out of business now. I think they were caught money laundering or something. I think I this remember. is. I think they. That's mostly for like the the big kind of like show matches, not for just like. You know, Evander Holyfield versus Lennox Lewis. I don't think they do it on stuff like that. I I only I only know classic boxers, so that's okay. why I came I, up with that. Example. I don't I don't watch a ton of boxing. I watch I, I watched more boxing this past year than I ever have probably. And every time I watched it, it was like fight, thirty minute delay, music, more delay. They do the long walkouts and then they fight for whatever it is, twelve rounds, okay. and then rinse and repeat. Anyways, back to the game awards. So the game awards for for me watching it. Absolute dog shit. There was no content there. And the the ways that they were showing the games is like, you know, we always complain about when we look at uh, trailers for games where they show no gameplay oh, and yeah, they yeah. only show like the cutscenes, <laughs> yeah. And like, that's what it was. And it was like, you are not selling me on anything you are talking about. I it just, uh, it, it, it was not good. It was, it was really, really bad. And it made me really sad to watch, to be honest. Okay. Well, did you, uh, did you, Catch any game of the year I did here was what's it called? Uh, it takes two. I just pulled it up. I don't, it's like a co op game. I don't even know much about this. Um, I mean, I heard of it, but I didn't know it was like a crazy good game. People see what I had, what I read is people seem to be okay with that being the winner of game of the year. I, I'll be honest with you, I actually did not watch the end to see the actual like end game. Winner, okay, but I'm looking at this game right now. I'm kind of sad Resident Evil Village didn't take it or. That is very, that's kind of surprising. Or even Inscription. Really I haven't played Inscription. I watched a lot of people play it, but I was oh actually about buying it at some point. I'm, I mean, to. STS is where I'm at. I can't. I'm, I'm about I can't to, stop playing STS. I'm about to slay the Spire. Yeah, I'm about to just buy it for you. For, that's going to be your Christmas present for me. <laughs> I'll buy it at some point. I, I will. I just like, I am like probably 400 hours into Slay the Spire at this point, and I just can't stop playing. So. Um, this game looks cool. This game's really pretty. This is a co-op game, you said? It takes two. Yeah, yeah, I would play Lisa. I was trying to find a good co-op game to play with her. Yeah, I was thinking about getting this to play with uh, my daughter. All right, I'm gonna. All right, there's one, two, there, thirty categories. 
I'm not going to look at all of them, but let's, I'm just going to pick out a few on the fly right here. Okay. Let's look at best indie game. It was 12 minutes, Death's Door, Inscription, Kina, Bridge of Spirits, or Loop Hero. Um, any guesses? Oh, well, I know it was an inscription because of what you said. I have no idea. I don't really it's know. It's Kina, know Bridge of Spirits. I don't know. I don't know anything about that one, but I'm sad that it's not. An, I don't. I don't see how it could be better than Inscription, but maybe maybe it is. Uh, best. This would be interesting. Best fighting game. Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yaiba, The Hinokami Chronicles, Guilty Gear Strive, Melty Blood Type Lumina, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl. Or... Oh, yeah. That game was really popular for a while. You know what that, you know, did you hear about that? Uh, that yeah, like yeah, yeah, I actually, okay. I was kind of interested. I, didn't, I actually didn't even know that it had come out yet, though. Yeah, it became super popular for me. Like, I, I think people were playing it as like kind of a fuck you to Nintendo for some reason regarding Smash, if I remember correctly. But hmm. uh, it took off like for a while. The last one was Virtua Fighter Five. Uh, Guilty Gear Strive is what won. Let's take a look at best RPG. I don't even know. What, you know what's so funny when people are like, well, "What was your favorite game that came out this year?" I'm like, I don't even know what year games come out anymore because I don't. I don't <laughs> usually play them the year they come out. That's true. I, I for the most part don't also, but I would say that for me, my top two, 100 percent were uh, Resident Evil Village and Inscription. Uh, all right, Ooh. best RPG: Cyberpunk, Monster Hunter Rise. I don't even know how Cyberpunk got on here. Scarlet Nexus, Shin Megami Tensei Five, or Tales of Arise. The winner was Tales of Arise. I'm assuming they probably didn't take Elden Ring into that because I feel is, is Elden Ring considered to be an RPG? Probably not. Is it right? even out? Yeah, I thought. Oh, is it early access though? I think it's like I. Th- I don't think it's actually out yet, but I don't. I haven't really been keeping up with it. So, um, February twenty fifth, twenty twenty two. No, it comes out in like two months. So there's just a little taste of the game wars. Doesn't seem too exciting. I think Hades should win every year, personally. <laughs> <laughs> I started playing Hades again. That game is so addictive. You started Hades playing again. <laughs> Hunter comes around my house and he like puts it on the TV and I'm like, fine, now I have to play yeah. and then we compete and it's like There's something about seeing somebody else playing a game that just makes you like if it's a game that you kinda liked, then you're even if you weren't playing on doing it, then you see it and you're like, Oh gosh, I gotta play this again. Yeah, it, it really and, and you know Hades, Cuphead, STS, like any of those games are just so easy to jump into, and you know it's not like a huge investment. Um, I started playing Breath of the Wild again because I got an SD Whoa. card for my Switch. Finally, I got like a five hundred plus gigabyte one, so yeah. I'm just like loading games onto it right now. Did you get one of the Nintendo branded ones that has the little icon? No, that's no, what I, I got, got. One that was I, I was going to like, but then I realized it was like twenty dollars more. Oh, I didn't so, know that. Yeah, I got whichever that. one of those. There are three sizes. And I got whatever the biggest one is. It had the star, like the little power-up star on it. Oh, okay. I saw one that had like the Mario Mushroom on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the smaller one. And then the, I don't remember what the middle one is. Might be the cool. flower. Uh, okay, so, Jay, um, this was your game of the quarter. Uh, yep. Quarter. So would you like to talk about Star Fox 64 first or last? Uh, I'll do it first. Well, actually, it's the only game I played, so I'll talk about it first. So you, we'll do that first, and then we'll talk, and then I'll just talk about the other ones that I played. Sure, that works for me. Okay, cool. So let's. Why don't you kick us off? Star Fox sixty four. Obviously, this is uh, a Nintendo sixty four game, and it came out in nineteen ninety seven. Yeah, and how do you describe what is this genre considered? Rail shooter. Rail shooter. Okay. 
so Star Fox 64, the first thing I want to talk about is, so obviously me, I always emulate games. And this, uh, emulating this, I was a little bit nervous. because I So I got a, a new wireless controller uh, for my computer because my old one, it was a 360 controller, an Xbox 360 controller, probably 10 years old. I uh, was starting to have some latency issues and like just wasn't, wasn't actually it wasn't latency. It was like the inputs weren't responding properly a lot. Mm-hmm. So I got a PS2 controller. It's a wireless PS2 controller that connects via USB, $12. Amazing. Works so well. I love PS2 is probably my favorite format of controller ever. I love the horizontal alignment of the analog sticks. I know a lot of people like the diagonal, you know, misaligned ones. Right. Big fan of the PS2 controller. It's always been the one that's fit my hands very well. I have very large hands. At least I think I do. And for whatever reason, the PS2 controller just fits really well. I will say the Switch controller also feels really good, even though those analog sticks are diagonal. But anyways, I thought Star Fox was going to be really kind of wonky playing with a PS2 controller, just given, you know, keeping in mind on the N64 controller, you have the D-pad, you have the the C-pad or whatever it's called. Then you have the single analog stick as well. Uh... But actually, it worked out really well. It was not bad at all. I had to move a couple things around. And one of the buttons I actually unbound was if you, I don't know if you did this mistakenly a lot. I did. The C up button makes you go into first person mode in the cockpit. Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I had that problem. Okay. It may, maybe it was just me. So what I did is on the PS2 controller, I bound the C, the C pad to the D pad. And okay. then I bound the analog. Or excuse me. The left analog stick was the only analog stick for the N64 controller. The right analog stick was the C pad for me. And I kept, whenever I would try to boost, which is C left, I would hit C up accidentally because it's an analog, right? So if you're off a little bit, it reads it as up instead of left. And then I would go into first person mode, which is in the (laughs) cockpit. And it's really annoying because not only is it like a first person view, but you also have like the structure of the ship is blocking your view a little bit. So like the railings with the glass. Oh yeah, because it's like a cockpit view. Yeah. yeah, and it's brutal because that would happen at like really intricate times when, and, and realistically, when you're using the boost or stop mechanic, you are doing it in a situation where you have to respond pretty quickly. And sure. so that drove me nuts. So I, I actually, I ultimately unbound it. it was the smartest decision of my life. It made things so much better. Uh, but the actual game, so Star Fox 64, uh, the, there is a, theoretically, I think there's a set number of levels to it and based on how you do in certain levels in terms of like, there are multiple options once you beat a level to where you can go based on certain mechanics that you do yeah, yeah. in that level. Uh, I failed all those mechanics. I tried to get them a few times, but it's been so long since I've actually like sat down and played this game for an extended period of time that I struggled so much with trying to get the additional levels that I think I got like the worst path across the board. <laughs> really? Uh, I might have yeah. two. I'm not sure. I think there was, I think I got one of the later ones, but I did miss, uh, like all of the early did you go to the did you get to do the level where you're the uh tank yeah okay i did that one too yeah, so that was weird yeah so i don't know if i was i don't remember I, I if that you, was one that you had to kind of like unlock or if that is this the standard ones i would assume so like the first level is you there's no there's no choice the second level is the asteroid field and i think based on what you do there you have a you it kind of branches out into like three or four different levels i think no matter what the fourth or fifth level is the tank level I think it just changes what level you do it in, if that makes sense. Really? I, I'm pretty sure. Because, okay. like, I, I'm, not, I'm not 100% sure, but that would make the most sense in my mind. But I, I could be wrong on that. Okay. Um, so the actual game, you know, obviously you play as, as uh, Star Fox, or 
Fox. Fox, Fox McCloud. McCloud. Yeah. Star Fox. Uh, and then you have your crew, which the, the crew mechanics, I think, are actually pretty cool. So the, the crew members, they talk to you a lot. And when I say a lot, it is a lot. At times, it gets really annoying because oh, yeah. they will, like, repeat statements over and over and over, which is, which is pretty funny. And it is voiced dialogue, which is pretty cool because, you know, in this game, you are paying attention to a lot of different things. So having to read text while you're going through a level is not realistically the best scenario you realistically want to be able to focus on the actual gameplay and just listen to the dialogue and they tell you things like hey i got a bogey on my tail like can you help me and so what you need to do is either accelerate or decelerate to help figure out where they are and then you know basically shoot whoever's trying to kill them as well as they warn you like hey there's somebody on your tail you might want to like break to let them go in front of you and then you can kill them or you can do that like loop-de-loop thing i was gonna say what is that called yeah oh no it's (laughs) loop-de-loop yeah so there, there's a couple like interesting mechanics like that where you can interact with um, where you can interact with the, the characters and they kind of warn you as well as if you shoot the char- your allies, they take damage. And if they die, they leave the level. Then, and then the next level, they actually skip it with you. Uh, they skip doing the level with you because they're in repair. And then you'll see them the following level. So they are actually pretty useful. They distract the bad guys decently well and they do attack and do some damage, which is, which is pretty darn nice. Uh, as well, I'm not 100% sure, but I think if Slippy is dead when you're going into a boss fight, I don't think you can see the boss's health because she actually... like. Oh, really? That's you. cool. I think so. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty darn sure. Because like, I had a level where the boss's life bar didn't appear, and then Slippy <laughs> regenerated specifically for an event that was supposed to happen. And she then like was like, oh, I'll analyze him. It's done. And then like I could see his life bar at that point. Okay, hold on. That's really cool. But is Slippy a girl? I thought she was, but he calls everybody boys. I'm looking it up. So I don't know. I assumed Slippy was a girl. It looks like he's a boy. Oh, my apologies. But I he does. But I, yeah, because he because he, he talks like this. Yeah, I always assumed Slippy was a girl. But Fox goes, "All right, boys, let's go." In. But the thing is, what's funny is like the term "boys" for me, and I've I've had this debate with a lot of not debate, but this discussion with a lot of people. I consider the term when you say like "boys" to be gender neutral. Oh yeah, I, I know it's that like some, saying okay. guys. Thank you. Okay, everybody else disagrees with me. Like, I oh I, no, they're idiots. It's because I say the boys, like the group of people that I hang out. It's like the boys, and it's it's a group of people, but it's also like my wife's in there, and like right. there's a bunch, there's a few other women as well. It's just like okay, I'm glad we had this discussion. Uh, I just pulled it up on Arwingpedia. He is oh a male. Are you there? Um, sorry, I was meeting Lisa. Just got home as well. Oh, that's cool. She thought you were calling her because you were saying boys. Yeah, exactly. Right. The second I said it, she's like, I, I got to come, come home and refute that. Uh, so, yeah. So through the games, as Robert just, uh, said, you know, it's a rail shooter game. So you, the levels are more or less preset. Um, and essentially, there are a lot of things you can interact with in the levels. There are. So as, as I kind of mentioned before, you can break and you can accelerate uh, the ship. You can only do that every so often because there's like a meter that basically goes down whenever you break or whenever you... I think even if you barrel roll, I think that also uses it. And no, I think you can barrel roll as much as you want. Oh, really? It doesn't doesn't use the meter. I okay. don't think so. I, I didn't barrel, barrel roll a whole lot, to be honest. I used like the the turn the turn horizontal or turn vertical thing, like where you veer left and veer right quite mm-hmm. a bit. But I didn't use the barrel roll as much. Okay. Uh, in the level, the reason I was bringing this up is you actually are encouraged to use that a lot because there's a lot of interactions where buildings or objects will fall and get in your path and you either have to accelerate to get past them or you have to decelerate in order to steer your way around it. If you hit an object, you take health. Thankfully, I, I was really nervous because I, I couldn't remember this the first time when I hit an object. I thought I was going to hit the object and get stuck and like slowly wiggle my way around it and keep taking damage. 
but you actually, once you take initial damage from it, I think you actually pass completely through without taking additional damage. That sounds right. Maybe you, t- maybe you take a second hit. I don't know for sure. Uh, but there are times when I actually took damage intentionally because I was going for gold rings. Gold rings are found throughout the level. They heal you. And if you collect three of them, your life bar is increased for that level. There also are silver rings, which I believe I was assuming, but I don't know for sure. If you collect three of them, it counts as one gold ring. That was my assumption. Sounds right. Yeah, yeah something okay. like that. Okay. Um, there's also bomb power-ups you can get, which allow you to use a bomb. It's like a single-use mechanic that does a ton of damage. They are actually really useful in certain cases, especially when there's a lot of little stuff on the screen. Um, and then there's also other power-ups. I didn't really understand what like the green vertical lines... I, I think that amplifies your auto-attack, like your laser ability, but I wasn't 100% sure on what that. What green lines? There's like an, another object or another upgrade you can get. It's like it looks like two vertical lines, I think, with like a letter in the middle of it. Oh, like I th- oh, okay. I do know what you're talking about. Yeah, I think those. I think those were power ups of some sort. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that's what I thought as like well. Um, and so you can either like spam your laser, which which you basically it's it's one of those. I don't know how to describe it, but like the if you slightly move your analog stick or D pad, it quickly repositions the cursor for your targeting laser. But your ship also moves at the same time, so you have to be very quick and precise with how you're doing it. Generally, when yeah. I say precise, this is an older game, so it has a lot it has a lot of forgiveness on it. So when you shoot in a general direction, you'll probably hit something. Yeah, as that's well, true. Yeah. Yeah, and as well as if you hold down the attack button, you charge it up, and then if you hover your your uh, aim or your cursor out towards something, it will lock on and then you'll fire something in its direction. It doesn't always hit them, especially if they're moving very quickly. Oh, but if you do the lock speaking, on, it doesn't? Yeah, correct. Okay. It doesn't always hit them. Uh, most of the time it does, especially if you if you lock on and fire the projectile where they're going as opposed to where they are right now. In my experience, it hit them more often than otherwise. Because if you fired it behind them, it would chase them, but it would usually dissipate, I think, before it would hit them. Okay. Um, so the actual gameplay holds up pretty well, surprisingly. The cursor mechanic is a little bit annoying to get used to at first. Uh, the other thing that was really frustrating for me is in the darker levels, especially the ones in space, it was impossible to see at times. And I wasn't sure if I needed to like turn up my brightness or what it was, but I think that was partially intentional just to give it more of like an atmospheric viewpoint. Hmm, but ultimately, sure. it became it just became like kind of a mess to see. You were you were trying to navigate through levels, and you know this again. This is an older game, so some of the objects that you have to avoid would appear. Um, you know, they don't they don't appear super far out. They appear within a set distance every time, and sometimes they would appear, and you had to quickly respond. Or the objects would appear, and then they would shape their they would shift their shape or like move around very quickly, like doors would open or close. And you had to quickly react. And usually the spaces that you had to move in between were very small, uh, which was pretty challenging sometimes because it would happen on the fly. And again, because of some of the visual issues with it, it made it kind of frustrating at times because you, you wouldn't be able to tell exactly what you were looking for, if there were bad guys, if there were asteroids. You know, you couldn't necessarily tell exactly what it was until it got pretty close. And then at that time, sometimes it was a little bit too late to make decisions. Gotcha. Um, otherwise... Robert mentioned there's a level where you drive a tank, um, which is pretty well done. I was surprised that the tank yeah, was yeah. as interesting as the ship. It has a hover mechanic. It has the ability to do some really quick dodge rolls, which were kind of funny. Yeah, the it tank was... dodge rolls are hilarious. 
<laughs> yeah, it like kind of threw me off. I, I was I was pretty surprised by that. And and the hover mechanic too. They they add a lot of there's a lot of like minor secrets throughout the game where you can get like additional gold rings or silver rings or power ups or whatever. And they would really try to put them in positions where you had to think about how how much you could push the mechanics of the vehicle you were driving. Yeah. So like the tank, the hover mechanic, you could hover for you know two or three seconds or whatever it is. And there were certain instances where you would actually get up on walls that you didn't think you could get on top of using it, and then you would hover from there to somewhere else, and you would either skip a fight or get some additional gold oh, rings. I don't think or, I ever did know. that. Yeah, well, I played that level quite a bit, because that boss, I actually had a lot of trouble with that boss. The, the boss oh, did you? The, did you? Did you do the desert one, where it, it captures Slippy? Is that the tank one? Yes. Yes. Okay, so that one, I had a lot of trouble with that boss. That boss was just, like, eating me up, and I could not, I could not kill him. Like, I could not get hit, because after you break down all his arms... You then have to shoot his chest a bunch of times. He regrows his arms, and then you have to shoot his chest a bunch of times. It was just a much longer fight than the other ones I had done previously. Most of the other boss fights, I would kill them in the first you know, 20 or 30 seconds or something. Yeah. So, uh, the music's good. The The dialogue, the voice dialogue is really good. The story is, is surprisingly, it's very simple, but it's effective. It, it really kind of cues up where you're at, what's going on, and what your overall purpose is. The levels, in my opinion, are almost a perfect length. They're not like so long where you're getting annoyed and like, ah, just end, like just get this over with. It's pretty nice. And it's also forgiving. There's a lot of healing throughout the levels. There's also checkpoints. Uh, and the one level I totally botched was the one where you have to fight your nemesis or nemesis. Oh yeah. That was, I was going to bring that up. Those, those levels were neat. That was so, dude, what is, what the hell? So, so, so the character's names, your character's names are Fox, Slippy, uh, Falco. And who's the other one? Peppy. And it's so funny because, you know, your, your nemesi, or ne- yeah, your nemesi have basically the nemesis, same kind of setup. I think is what it would be. Nemesis. They have the same, you know, four, four people and it's, um, what's the, it's, they're it's like wolf. the evil versions of you. Well, they're, no, they're not exactly because one guy's a pig. Well, I thought that it's, was, I thought that was supposed to be like Peppy, right? Like, it's well, probably, well, but Peppy's a rabbit though. What, but what I'm saying is they're not the same animal. Like the, yes, they are like the evil, ver- it's like the evil version of the Star Fox team, but it's not the exact animals. It's like different different animals yeah and, uh, and what's funny is i'm, I'm the, trying to find out but yeah it's like the it's like another team of four animals you know flying ships all together just like you but it's uh but it's like the evil they're like bad guys so that was kind of a neat thing that they threw in what, wolf what o'donnell what you say wolf o'donnell so like there's a wolf for the fox yeah so it's like yeah it's like you were saying similar to each one but but not like not the exact same animal what killed me was Andrew. Like it was just such a like it's such a random name because it's like Andrew it's Fox and Falco <laughs> and Slippy and Peppy and Andrew. And I was like, wait, what? And Andrew Andrew has some funny ass lines. I, I I feel like you have quoted Andrew's lines before. I have. Let me see if I can. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. So I'm trying to find out. So there's Wolf uh, O'Donnell, which is like he's like uh, if I remember quickly, he's the yeah he's the leader. Um. Who are the bad guys? And here, hold on. Oh gosh, Pigma was the pig. Now before the great Andros, he, <laughs> yeah. he keeps saying that. Pigma says that, right? No, that's Andrew. Oh, that's Andrew. Okay, Pigma is the pig. Andrew, hold on. So what was the other one? Star Wolf. Here we go. Leon. Right, Leon that's- Pawalski. Yeah, like that's uh, not too bad. I feel like he's the he's a chameleon. And then it says there's another one. There says there's Panther Caroso. 
<laughs> Maybe that's like a different level that we didn't unlock. He's a. I don't remember that. I guess so. I don't know. Oh wait, just, never mind. He's not on Star Fox sixty four. I take it. Never mind. He's he's he comes in on a different game. Okay. So what is what Andrew was? What kind of Andrew was like a bird of? Some I don't sort, know what right? he was actually. I actually could not tell you what he was. Let me see, Andrew. Oh, Andrew Oikani. Yeah, Oikani. Oh, he's a monkey. Oh, is he? I thought there was a bird too, but maybe not. I guess not. Yeah, because he was supposed to be like Falco's alter ego or whatever. Not alter ego, but. Yeah, yeah, it seems like it. So. Okay. But yeah, uh, so that level was fun. I got destroyed on that level. All my characters died and the place blew up and I did not stop it. I was trying. Like, I tried my best. I was like, man, this level's like every other level. I was like, oh, this isn't too bad. And that level, I was like, oh, I am going to die. I'm, yeah, I'm not going to succeed here. Those levels are a little different. Um, those are like arena type levels where you... Oh yeah, it's kind of like more free roam, um, and you're and you have to turn around a lot, and it's typically there's one there, like base type thing in the middle that you're trying to get into, but there's lots of uh, like little ships flying around that you got to kill, and then these guys come in, and you got to kill them too before you can go on. And then and there was one where you have to do it in a certain amount of time. That and, was that one. Well, but they but before they show up, up on but they show up on a couple on like one or two, right? Oh, I didn't experience them more than once. I think there might have been another one. Okay. I could be wrong. Um, but yeah, and then if you don't kill them all, I don't think you fail the level, but I think that determines which level you go to next. Correct. Yeah, that's what I was saying, like the pathing-wise. Mm-hmm. So. Um, uh, so uh, another vehicle that you get to play in this one, if you get on, if you like, you know, depending on which path you end up taking is a submarine. Hmm. I always thought that was lots of fun. And it's the same type, just like the tank. It's all it's in, in the ship. It's all, you know, third person, you know, behind, you know, third person behind the ship rails on rails, but uh, you're in a submarine underwater. Of course, I always thought that level was lots of fun. I didn't play it this time around though. So uh, I didn't either actually. Yeah. I can't speak to it on this one, but I remember, I do remember it being fun. Um, the uh, this was the game. I don't know if you remember this that introduced the Rumble Pack on Nintendo sixty four. Oh, really? I actually didn't know that. Yeah, it came with a Rumble Pack in the box. It was like a little bit bigger box. Okay. And um, and I played it with the you know I played it on the Nintendo sixty four and I and I had a Rumble Pack and I don't know, I didn't like. Obviously, this was kind of you know a unique thing at the time. But and also obviously, rumble packs. You know, like rumble uh, technology is in everything now. I didn't even notice it the whole time I was playing it. And like at, at one point, I was like, "Is does my rumble pack work, or like did I just not notice it because I'm just so used to it now?" Sure. Uh. Also, so you know, I mentioned before that this game, like I used to be really, really good at. Um, like yeah, I played, I, I played it all summer one year and like, this was in high school and I got to where I don't remember exactly what it was. I could either be the game killing every single bad guy or not getting hit once. I don't really remember which Jesus. it was one or the other, but now that I've played it again, I can see why I was able to do that. Cause this game is actually very, very easy. 
Yeah, it is. I, I was actually, thank you for saying that because I actually forgot to mention that. I was really surprised myself because I thought I was going to struggle on the first level and get frustrated and be like, ah, I don't want to do this. Like, this is too much, too much work. Yeah. But I was surprised. Like, the, th- that's why the level where you fight uh, Wolf, I was like, oh, I was kind of pleasantly, pleasantly surprised with how difficult it was because the rest of the game prior to that had been really easy. Yeah. Uh, I beat the whole game on one life. Oh, this time. On my, okay, I did not do that. On my first try on one live. Oh, you didn't. Okay. Okay, Tiger. So, <laughs> no, that's, I'm not bragging. I, that's that's my point of this game is just very easy. Okay. Um, Much easier than Star, Fo- than Star Fox on Super Nintendo. Which actually gets pretty hard on, on a lot of parts. Or one for Andros. <laughs> that Fucking guy is so nerd. annoying. <laughs> He's such a nerd. <laughs> Uh, anything? Oh, uh, I will. The one other thing that I thought was funny is the very ending, <laughs> where so they have like a big when you defeat Andros or whatever, which even the final boss is like very easy. They do a big ceremony for you, and like they have everybody lined up, of course, and the Star Fox gang comes comes walking in, and then like the dog. What's the dog's name? Who's the the general? Oh. Captain, oh no, he's not a captain. He is general. I can't remember his name. Uh, hold on. I'm gonna see if I can find it real quick. Uh, uh, no. Is it? Is it Andrew? Is it Bill Gray? What? Bill, <laughs> says, Bill Gray is a dog who is Fox's friend and appears to help him. In Star Fox six, no, okay, I don't think that's the commander guy. No, I don't think that's the commander. Uh, this is gonna bother me now. Oh, okay, I'll look it up later. So everybody, oh, Gen- General General Pepper. Okay, yes, that sounds right. Is the Bloodhound Commander in Chief of the Corneria Defense Force? Okay, so he's there and he's like awarding you with a medal and stuff. And so you walk up, and he was like. Hey, uh, you know, we'd really like you to join our army or whatever. And Fox just goes, no, thanks. We prefer to do things our way. Got to go. <laughs> you just leave. <laughs> like they've put this whole right. big like ceremony for you. And you're going to say one thing like, no, thanks. That's fine. But then he's like, got to go. <laughs> they just leave immediately. Uh, classic, I, classic Fox McCloud. I thought that was hilarious. Um, but yeah, I mean, you pretty you covered it really well. I don't I don't have anything to add beyond what you said. Sounds about right. How did you like it? I enjoyed it. I, I was I'll be honest with you. This is one of those games that when we when we talked about it, I was excited to try it again. But then when I got closer to playing it, I was like, this is going to be really frustrating, and it's going to be way too hard. Like mm-hmm. that was legitimately my my mindset going into it. And then I was pleasantly surprised that it was not that difficult. So I really wasn't looking for. Like an extreme challenge, you know. When I play this, I was expecting to just sit down, have some, have some fun, you know. And uh, I got what I needed out of it, honestly. Yeah, I feel pretty much the same way. Even though I would have liked it to go to find more of a middle ground between, like, of being a little bit more challenging. Robert, but, but even <laughs> I mean, the game is too attractive. You got to stop. This is the easiest game I've played in a long time. Like. I'm tr- I'm struggling right now to think of a game that I've played in the past couple of years that's easier than this. All right, let's do this. Let's play uh, tonight. We'll play Slay the Spire and we'll play Ascension Twenty, and we'll talk about. You're gonna kill me. <laughs> I know. I'm You're gonna fine. destroy me if we I'm do that. Fle- I'm just flexing. That's why. <laughs> um, but besides that, like, yeah, but well, I mean, sorry, not besides that, but like, regardless of that, I 
I did. I liked it also. It was fun. And yeah. um, it had like cool environments, like lots of obstacles. So you're not just shooting bad guys, but yeah. I think it adds a lot that you're also having to dodge stuff um, in levels. There was, there was a good variety of mechanics. I was, I was pleasantly surprised with that piece of it. Yeah. So yeah, I, I enjoyed it also. I thought it was fun. Okay, well, One of our are... better game of the quarters. <laughs> when you, what'd you say? One of our better game of the quarters. Yeah, it was. What did we do last? We did Icewind Dale. Was Icewind Dale 2 the last one? I think Icewind Dale was 2 ago. I think last time. Was Front Mission last one? Front that... Mission. Oh, yeah. Front Mission was the last one. Yeah, this is this is the best one we've done in a while, I think. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to stay that way, too, because I got one for our next game of the quarter. What you got? Are you Don't ready? Yeah, let's go. Uh, yeah, let's go ahead and talk about it since it's come up. Um, <clears throat> I'm gonna so I'm gonna preface this. This isn't a I good game. My understanding is this is not a good game. But you and I had actually talked about. You said that you might want to give this another shot, or in fact, actually, you said like you would be interested in giving this another shot whenever I uh, whenever I get to playing it. Okay. And I'm about to be playing it soon. So why don't we do Final Fantasy VIII? I'm I'm open to that. Okay. I, I, I have an abusive relationship with video games, and I'm like, you know, that game sounds pretty fun again. And then I play it, and I'm like, what did I put myself... Why Why did I do this? That's probably but, what's going to uh, happen, yeah. It's going to happen, but you know what? I'm not mad about it. Okay, well, I, yeah, it's funny. I'm. This is one of the... Uh, so I'm working on Final Fantasy VII right now, mm-hmm. and um, depending on when I finish it, typically what I've been doing as I go through all the Final Fantasy games is Final Fantasy, some other RPG. Final Fantasy, some other right. RPG. Um, I'm going to talk, talk about a different RPG today in just a few minutes. I'm currently working on Final Fantasy VII. So next, I will theoretically be doing something else, but I might go ahead and just jump straight to Final Fantasy VIII because, oddly, it's one of the ones that I've most been looking forward to playing, even though, wow. even though I 100% believe you and Blake, who both have talked about how bad it is, Everything you've described about it, like I'm like, yeah, that sounds like it sucks. But I'm really interested just to see it for myself. I told no, I totally respect that. I'm actually really curious to hear your perspective on it. To be honest with you, yeah. So, uh, so I've been really looking forward to finally getting to it, even though I, I'm sure I'm going to end up not liking it. But so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be we'll playing see. that pretty soon. So if that's if that's good with you, we'll do that for the next one. Yeah, I'd be down. To it. That sounds uh, potentially enjoyable. I guess we'll say. <laughs> yeah, at least enjoyable to talk about. Yeah, uh, okay, so, so yeah. that'll be our next game of the quarter, and it'll be sometime in March, uh, sometime around the end of March that we'll be uh, discussing that one. So go ahead, and uh, if anybody's interested in uh, playing that one and writing in your thoughts, that's that's what this game of the quarter is. I don't think anybody played Star Fox 64 this time around, and I don't think we got any emails about that. But uh, Jay and I will be playing it. Y'all are welcome to play and send in your thoughts for that episode as well. That's, that's what uh, the, our next game of the quarter will be. I, I, I have a feeling there'll be somebody who will write in to talk about Final Fantasy X, or excuse me, Final Fantasy VIII. Just just, uh, just a couple of people. I think I think we'll I think we'll get some too because there are definitely plenty of people who do like it. Well, there are people that write into our podcast that really like it. There too, are, so. yeah. Well, I'm excited to hear from them about it. To be honest, Jay, how are you doing on time? Do you need to do you need to go? Uh, I have about up? 25 minutes left. Okay, well, we'll keep going for a little bit then. Uh, then when you have to head out, we'll just pick back up when you get back. Um, okay, so uh, I've got two other games. The other one, uh, the, so one of the others is the RPG that I mentioned that I've been playing or, or that I played for this episode. I wanted to go back to like a like a very old school one. 
because I really like the NES style of, you know, I'm a big fan of Final Fantasy 1. Oh, shit. What? I just got, oh, man. So what? Final Fantasy 14, this is unrelated. Uh, you've heard of the server issues, right? Not recently, no. I know they had them for a while. But okay, so recently. they are having major server. So there's been a perfect storm of things that have caused massive congestion on the Final Fantasy Ooh. 14 servers. Uh, those are people leaving WoW. I was going to say Blame Blizzard. Uh-huh. Um, the final expansion just came out, Endwalker. And there's a server shortage because of, you know, COVID and all that stuff. Um, sure. They are just completely slammed right now. They So evidently they, they're the people, the, the company that they buy their servers from, they offered to pay triple the price for servers because they knew there was going to be a big influx and they still couldn't get any more servers. What so the there's just, there's actually nothing they can do about it. They, uh, a few weeks ago, they gave everybody an extra week. I saw that. And now a couple of days ago, they gave everybody an extra two weeks on top of that on their subscriptions Jesus. because, because it's been so bad. Um, so when you're logged in, you're good. You obviously, you know, once you log in, you're oh, good. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if you're idle for 30 minutes, then it kicks you off. And I've had my timer going and I keep logging in and like clicking a button just so I don't get kicked out. I just, I just saw that I had been kicked out because I hadn't been paying. Rob, good you should attention. talk to your boy. I, I set up a keyboard macros to do it for me. That would have been the smart thing to do. <laughs> Quick, quick segue, when uh, Classic Wild came out, Hunter and Zach and Lisa and I and Harry all were in my living room for literally seven days straight. We were sleeping for like four hours at a time, and we would take rotations of keeping everybody <laughs> locked in. So, so I just ran around and everybody's mouse buttons. Oh, exactly. And you know who always <laughs> fucked it up? Hunter. Hunter always fucked it up. And he didn't to say Hunter. <laughs> it wasn't his fault. There, there was like somebody would get disconnected randomly because of whatever, because you know, we have six computers connected to their network and then he would he wouldn't see it in time and then you know you get put back in a queue that is ten thousand, aka a 20 hour queue oh uh, okay so luckily the the queue i'm looking at is only three thousand. okay um that's like a probably probably two probably about uh well middle of the day on a saturday that's probably a good three hours or so um i've been logged in since like nine o'clock this morning i just keep running back and hitting buttons like you said um but it's gonna Classic, be it's gonna it. be a while before i can get back on now that blows Anyway, back to back to the RPG I've been playing for this episode. Uh, you know, I'm a big Final Fantasy One fan. I wanted to go back and play something along the same lines, like specifically an NES RPG, just because I kind of like how basic those are. Well, there are very few of them, but I, I just like the feel of an NES RPG. And so I played one that doesn't get much uh, much attention. I forgot whether I saw it on SNES Drunk's channel because you know because. So, he doesn't only do Super Nintendo games. Sometimes he does like Sega Genesis or Nintendo stuff. I can't remember if it was on his or on Travis uh, on Nest Friend. But anyway, I saw this game on there and it looked kind of interesting. So I went for this one. It is Destiny of an Emperor. It's a turn-based RPG. Obviously, as I said, for the Nintendo. Came out in 1989. And the idea is that it's supposed to be kind of a... Uh, like vaguely semi-historically accurate uh, Chinese history RPG where you are in charge of like a Chinese, you're like a Chinese general going around and defeating bandits and that kind of stuff. Um, 
I think the history aspect of it is just in the name of the characters, not not in the actual, not in any of the events. Uh, because there really are not very many events. It's just kind of you going around and like talking to people and they'll say, oh yeah, bandits are in this town. And then you go to the town and kill the bandits. And they'll say like, oh, I heard the bandit leader is in this mountain. So you go to the mountain and attack him there. And it's like, it's just kind of a string of, there's there's not really, I mean, I guess the overarching story is just bandits are attacking. But there's not really much of a real, actually interesting story going on. It's just kind of, bandits are here, bandits are there, make sure you go to this place and kill them. Oh, now they're at this place, go, go kill them here. And that's, that's really all it is as far as I got. So I didn't get to, I only got about three, probably about three hours into the game. Cause I just was not liking it. Uh, the, um, the battle system, you go around and you basically recruit people to join you. And so you have these people in your, in your, uh, army, I guess. And technically they are kind of, uh, like commanders of their own armies. I guess is how you would say it. Like the, it's, 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 it's really kind of weird. The way the game treats it is their HP is basically the number of soldiers they have working under them. But besides that, it, everything else just, it, it works exactly like HP does. And, and it even, when you get a weapon, so you even like up, you know, you, the way you get more strength on one of your commanders is you just buy him a new weapon. And so when it's you, when it's your party fighting a party of bandits, for example, um, you know, obviously just like any turn-based RPG, you choose who everybody's going to attack. And typically you just want to focus on one guy at a time and they all attack him. And it'll say like, you know, if he's got 140 HP and one of your guys, one of your commanders runs up and attacks him for 20, then it says he lost 20 men or he lost 20 soldiers or something like that. But when just by giving the commander a better weapon, he attacks for, you know, as you would expect in a typical RPG, he attacks with more power. So technically, if you think about it, what that means is just the commander is running up and I guess running through the guy's soldiers and just killing them (laughs) just by himself, because all it takes to make him more powerful is just to give him a new weapon. So, it's kind of weird like that. And also like once, you know, the, the commander dies when all of his men die again, just like HP, it's, it's an HP system, exactly what you're used to, but just in the lore of the game, they call it that that's how many soldiers that that guy has. Uh, it's a little bit weird, but it's like, you know, obviously it's not a difficult concept to deal with. It's just, it's just kind of funny. Uh, one kind of weird thing about the battles though, is that, Everything is just on a black background when you're fighting. There's no no scenery or anything behind you. When you're in a battle, it's just your guys on the left and the bad guys on the right in, on, on top of a black screen. Of course, there's numbers and stuff showing their HP and whatnot. And then you just fight. Um, but the fights are very, very boring because they go on for quite a while. And... They like, they take, they kind of take a long time to get through and 90% of the time you're just attacking. You're not really using anything else besides a basic attack. 
it actually got to the point where I found a a really a pretty good uh, iPhone game. It's called Meteor Fall. It's a deck building game. Ooh, big fan, big fan. I think you would like this one. I got really hooked on it. Um, and I would play Meteor Fall while I was doing battles on Destiny of an Emperor because what? because all I was doing was mashing A for like five minutes in every, in any given battle. And I'm like, well, I need something to do <laughs> while I'm playing this game. So that so I would play. So that was what I did. I played a different game while I was just trying to get through the battles on this game. Um, so they're pretty boring. The uh, and and like all the enemies are all the same. You're just fighting other guys. There's not like any monsters or any. There's not many people with different types of abilities. There is a system. It's called a tactics system where you have other things you can do besides just attack. You can cast certain spells or like heal your guys and stuff. But, but that's, it's actually a really weird system. The way you get, um, the way you get anybody to be able to use, again, it's called tactics is you, uh, one of the guys in your army, like one of your commanders, you say, okay, I want him to be a tactician. And then he no longer fights. He's taken out, but he, lends his tactics to the group but when you cast one of the spells that he has he doesn't even cast it what happens is any of your characters can cast whatever tactics he has at that point once you make yeah it's, it's kind of weird uh i mean again it's not difficult to understand but it's just very sure. strange uh so but another thing about the tactics is that they're they're all named after Chinese military historical figures. Ah. So you have... Yeah, you have no no clue what does what. You just have to like... Well, the manual does tell you. Uh, The manual. Yeah, yeah. If you got the manual... um, I'm sorry. I'm seeing if I can pull it up real quick. Uh, Just to give you an idea. But I mean, it's all just Chinese names is all the tactics. So you just have to... Have the manual or just memorize what does what. And actually, the the, the Chinese names is is really really kind of makes the the whole game a little bit difficult because you uh they're constantly saying like go to Qinghao Mountain and then go to Quinhao Town and like since it's all just kind of you know to to, to someone who doesn't speak Chinese it's all just kind of gibberish like it's really hard to keep track of who's who. What's where? Because everything is just a Chinese name. Here's your fire tactics. Lian Huo. Uh, that's that's the lowest level fire. Ye Huo. Yan Ri. Da Ri. Huo Shen. Healing abilities. Qi Jin. Tong Zin. Yin Zin. Jin Zin. Wan Fu. That's, that's everything. And there are like... There are like 20 or 30 spells in the game. Jesus. That you're supposed to keep track of this again, or presumably, uh, you know, they assumed everybody would have the manual, which is, I guess, is what they're going for. But it makes it a bit cumbersome to to play through. Uh, and yeah, like I said, there's very little story, so that there's not enough there to keep you interested. The battles are boring. It, it's really hard to keep track of what's going on, just be, because of all the names are, you know, it's like really hard to keep those organized in your head. Uh, so, 
yeah, it's it's not a very good game. It's uh, I I don't like I said I got about three hours in and I was like no, I might as well just play Meteor Fall. There's no reason for me to keep pushing through this just to basically play Meteor Fall as I'm doing so. So yeah, sounds like a uh, exceptional game. Nope, <laughs> nope, it's not. Uh, oh, <laughs> one weird thing, you can save in you know towns. Most of the towns, uh, or at least some of them, have a place where, you know, like an inn where you can go to and save. But every time you load, you always load. It always starts you off at the beginning where you started off in the game, like the beginning town. Interesting. That seems... It's, it's it's bad, but but the map is not very big, so it ultimately doesn't okay. matter too much. But it's just another weird thing. Oh, and also another one weird thing is, and actually now that I say, it, I think this is this was Nest Friend. Uh, this was on Nest Friend that I, that I saw this. It was Travis's channel uh, because I think I remember specifically him pointing this out. When you start the game, you're you know you start off with the, and you already have a few guys. Um, they all have weapons and armor. But it's not equipped yet. You have to go into each individual person's inventory <laughs> and equip the stuff that they have. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Which is, as you can imagine, uh, like the inventory UI, knowing the quality of RPG inventory UIs on the early Nintendo is not very good. So it's it's like, all right, go here and I'll equip this guy. Now bring up, you get, then, it like, then it kicks you out of the whole menu system. Then you got to go back to the same guy, you know, go to items, click on this one. Now I want to equip his armor. Then it kicks you out. Then you go to the second guy, equip his weapon. It kicks you out. Go to the second guy again, equip his armor. It's a, uh, it's a bit of, it's Dude, a little bit you of. You really a, sell in this game. Like, you know, yeah. I'm sad I didn't ask for this for Christmas. As yeah, well. I, I definitely recommend it to everybody. So there's Destiny of an Emperor. It's not good. The, the other one I played is going to be very, very short here. It's called Remnant Planar Wars 3D. Uh, this is a, this is an Atari Lynx game and it came out in 2000, which may sound a little bit weird because it is because the Atari Lynx was dead by, it was, was long dead by the year 2000. I didn't realize this as I was playing the game, but this was actually made by some company that like just came out and kind of just started, just kind of just decided to start making Atari Lynx games. Just like, you know, you know how like some people make there are people who make like Nintendo games, like modern yeah. day games that are specifically for the Nintendo. This is kind of like an early version of that, but they made stuff for the Atari Lynx like long after it was dead. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I didn't even know this going into it, but then I was like looking it up because it was really weird. The The game comes... So the Atari Lynx game cartridges are like little... They're almost kind of like, like chips. It's almost like a large SD uh, drive, kind of. Um, I, I'm, it's not really a great way to describe it, but... I think I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Imagine a Game Boy game, if you took the back off of it, and then just only used the part that still sure. had the, the board on it. That's kind of what these are. They're very flat. Well, this one had two weird things about it. It has this weird bump on it where there's like another chip sticking off of it. And then, and also it comes in a CD case and it's just like, it's just like, 
It's like an actual CD case that they just kind of like plopped it in and closed it and hope it doesn't rattle around too much. Jesus. So, so like, I was like, what's up with this game? Why is it like this? And I looked it up and evidently this is, this is kind of weird company that just started making Atari Lynx games for some reason uh, in 2000. But uh, Remnant Planar Wars is not good. It's um, all it, the, the entire game. You are, it's a, it's a shooter. Okay. In space, like a first, like a first person shoot them up basically, but you don't move around. All it is, 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 uh, rocks and aliens and things flying around and coming towards you and you just shoot them before they hit you. Then there's no variety beyond that whatsoever. That's all it is. A rock comes towards you, you shoot it. Or you can... So there is like full three... Imagine you're a sphere just floating in space. You can you can point up and move and like turn to the side and turn around and turn backwards. And turn. you can turn any direction you want, but you can't like move any direction. But what's weird is uh if something's coming at you if you turn a direction where you can't see it it doesn't hit you what it's just like the classic like oh if i can't see it no it's not there that, well, that's that's exactly what this game is if you just turn to where you can't see it then it won't hit you uh, otherwise oh. you just try to shoot stuff as it flies towards you that's the whole game that um you're really selling both these games and Really excited to not try either one of these games so far. <laughs> yeah, I'm very excited to be done with both of these. Uh, <laughs> definitely, Star Fox 64 was the winner on this episode. Second that. Because neither of these were very good. Um, but yeah, that's that's all I got. So, um, we got Final Fantasy VIII coming up for next episode. Or, not sorry, not next episode. Next uh, game of the quarter. Next game of the quarter. Why don't we do our end? Of, are you ready for our end of the year? Or you, or is it time for you to go yet? I have like five minutes, so it might be good to just This is probably a good stopping point then, yeah. Yeah, I was to say it's kind of a natural natural stopping point. Okay, well, let's stop. And uh, when you're back, we'll, we'll do our uh, end of the year top fives. Sounds like a plan. All right. I, I will, I'm just going to mute myself. I'm just going to stay in the call. Okay, well, I'll see you in a little bit. Just, just like text me or something when you get back in case I'm not by the computer. Okay. Peace. All right, see you. All right, so Jay, it's time for our end of the year top fives. Are you ready? Are you ready for this? I am ready for it. Okay, um, let's start off with the top five games that we had already played before. That we played that we played this year uh, for the podcast. If anybody's unfamiliar with this, at the end of the year, we just talk about our top five games uh, that we played this year for the podcast. We're going to do our top five that we had already played before in the past top five that we had never played before and then our uh the the worst five games that we played this year so we'll do we'll do top five had played then worst then the top five new ones that works for you good um all right so the top five games we had played this year for the podcast that we had already played at some point before uh i'll I'll just go first my number five is uh 007 for nintendo 64 wow oh number five okay okay well you just you like I can hold on. What? You sounded like a million miles away for a second, but you're back now. I don't know if that was just my. Oh, it might have just been my headset. Anyway, uh, 
yeah, I was uh, very well, not very surprised. I was pretty surprised by this. A lot of people have told me that it doesn't hold up. Um, I felt like it actually held up pretty well. Now, I didn't get a chance to play multiplayer. Uh, and that's obviously a big part of the game. But as far as the campaign goes, I thought they did a. It still holds up pretty well as far as giving you things to, to do, and not just get to the end of the level or kill everybody. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. Variety, variety of missions. Exactly. So um, I, I do remember that. Yeah, I, I obviously this was one that I liked just like most people back in the day, and I uh, really still feel like it holds up pretty well. So that's my number five. What about you? Cool. Uh, my number five. So I'm going to just get this out of the way. Honorable mention Final Fantasy Tactics. There's just no point. We I've talked about it a gajillion times. So I, that would, I'm not going to put it on this list. So that would be your number one, technically. Uh, probably, yeah. Like almost, yeah, yeah. Like, okay. I, there's just, I just want to get out of the way because it's just, yeah, we've talked about it <laughs> okay. more times in the podcast than we haven't. So uh, my number five is going to be what? Hmm. I have two that I'm kind of torn on. Um, I'm going to say. I'm going to say Might Magic 8. Um, Might Magic 8 still holds up a lot for me. It's my favorite of the RPG installments of the Might Magic series, even though I haven't played all of them. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the one that I've enjoyed the most. And every time I go back and play it, I really enjoy it. Uh, it's a pretty quick playthrough. It's probably like 20, 25 hours, uh, which is you know decent in length. Uh, it's a fun game, and I really enjoyed it the last time I played it. Still learned some new things, and there's still some creativity you can have with builds in it. You can do some things a little bit different. Uh, each time to make it a little bit more interesting. So enjoy cool. the, the last time I played through it again. Cool. Um, I tried playing Might and Magic 3 this year. Wait, like the the overhead turn-based skin? The, no, like the RPG. Okay. And uh, I never ended up talking about it. I probably should have because I, I got a few hours in. It's not, but I still feel like there wasn't much to say about it, and I kind of fell off without getting as far as I wanted to to really talk about it. But but three has a lot of fans, or was it four? I think it was three. <laughs> I get confused now. But um, I find that it has a lot of like it's outdated in a lot of ways. That like where if you played it back then, it probably is nothing to you. But like trying to get to used to it now. Um, it was a little bit difficult and a little bit frustrating at times. Um, but, it, but like, even still, I felt like it was pretty good, but I just didn't get quite far enough into it to really feel like I could do it justice. Um, anyway, that's just kind of a random side note. You're good. My number four is Gates of Zendikon. This is the side scrolling shooter for, uh, the Atari Lynx that I, you might, you might remember I played. Uh, it's possibly... It's probably one of my I, I, my favorite or second favorite sites. Probably I'd say second favorite side scrolling shooter ever. Wow. Uh, the first being my first being Thunder Force Three on Sega Genesis. Um, but like this game, it's it's the graphics are great. There's a there's more variety than probably any side scrolling shooter game I've ever played. Just just in like the different types of enemies and stuff that you have. Um, everything about it feels good. It looks great. I just really, really love this game. So it's it's a fun one. Gates of Zendikon. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, my number four is Pokemon Gold and Silver. Uh, my favorite, probably my favorite of the Pokemon series. It really, every time I go back and play Pokemon, I generally revert back to this specific uh, version of it. And every, I don't, know, I just had a lot of fun playing it this year. Hunter and I still occasionally will just do like random like Nuzlocke. He'll email me a file and be like, Hey, let's play this. 
All right, screw it. So really enjoyed playing through that this year, and it's something I'll probably play when I go to the cabin later this month because it's just something to do in the downtime. So Cool. Okay. My number three is Resident Evil. In fact, I might have. I would probably put maybe... I should probably put Gates of Zendikon ahead of Resident Evil, but regardless. Um, this was a surprise to me. I thought it was going to be just a chore to get through. Uh, and it definitely was in some ways, but besides the, like, aside from the combat, the, the game overall is actually really, I feel like it, it holds up much better than I expected. There are, there are frustrating things. The combat's one of them. Also, um, the inventory is one of them, but that's kind of like just part of what Resident Evil is, I guess. And also just, it's so it is so confusing to, to uh, like figure out your way around the mansion. Um, but there are lots of really good things about it. just, they, they nail the atmosphere and actually making it feel like you're in a, like a horror setting and actually creating like a kind of a, an actual scary setup where, you know, you can't just go in guns blazing and kill everybody because sure. due to the, mostly due to the uh, ammo limitations, but uh, I was really surprised by this. Again, it, it's it's lacking in, in plenty of ways, certainly, but it also does a really good job of the things that it that it really aims for. So uh, yeah, Resident Evil. Cool. All right, number three. Oh. My number three is Guild Wars. Uh, no, I had a lot of fun playing throughout this year. You know, obviously, somebody who enjoys playing a lot of MMOs, Guild Wars for me still holds up in a lot of ways. It's not perfect, and it definitely. There are certain things about it that definitely have aged, but the overall gameplay, uh, the combat style, and the overall world for me was was pretty darn exciting to play through. So I was pleasantly surprised, and I would be I'd love to play through this with a group of people, at, you know, sometime, you know, just have three yeah, or yeah. four people and run through it. I remember you talking about that one uh, very highly. Yep. All right, my number two is Final Fantasy VI. Um, I actually like liked it better than I than when I played it the first time. Um I got to put up there with not top 3 probably but one of my favorite Final Fantasies. Um maybe like 5 four, maybe my fourth or fifth favorites out of the ones I've played so far. I really really enjoyed it. Uh the the story is kind of what they do the best in this one. Uh obviously the music is amazing as well and it feels like a solid, it's like a gameplay wise, it's a it's a solid Final Fantasy game. Um, it's definitely the best of all of the. You know, this is the last one of the 2D era, and it's definitely the best one. Now, as far as favorite goes, it's still maybe tied with the first one for me, just because I something about that one I just love so much. But um, as far as the ones I played this year, this this is this was a really a great game. Uh, it's, it's when they open up and, and really good open world with it. I'm like the, kind of like the second half of the game and you're going back and trying to find all of the people that you met in the first part of the game. Like that was really fun. Uh, there are plenty of kind of like side things to do and, and you know, optional bosses and that kind of stuff that are all really, really fun End game content. Yeah. It's, uh, just, just a great game overall. Awesome. Right, what's your number two? Uh, my number two is Final Fantasy 10. 
Uh, every time I play this game, I enjoy it from, from start to finish. Legitimately, after I got in beating it this time, I thought about just literally starting over and doing it again. Uh, <laughs> That's so, great. still holds up for me. I still really appreciate the story. Obviously, it has its cringy moments, but I love the overall arc of the story. Uh, the big reveal at the end is always, always a good gut wrencher. And also playing the international version this last time was a nice uh, challenge. There was, there was some pretty interesting aspects about it that made it a lot more challenging for me. So I had an excellent time doing it. Um, I have it on my Switch, so I guarantee you I will probably play it again within the next year or two at the most. Nice. How many times have you played it, do you think? Uh, I, I would, if I had to guess, more than 10, but I don't know the wow. exact number. That's, that's crazy. All right, my number one, if you've, if you've kept track of the games I've played this year, this is going to be no surprise, The Secret of Monkey Island. Uh, my top, possibly my favorite game ever that I've ever played. So so I've, I've talked about it plenty on the podcast. The humor, the puzzles, the the art, which I think sometimes gets overlooked, is, is amazing. Uh, I just, I have not only a lot of nostalgia for this game, but I still just love playing it today. Oh. It's my Final um, Fantasy Tactics. <laughs> Do you know what's funny, too, is we were kind of talking about Final Fantasy X? I have probably played Final Fantasy X 2 more times than I've played Final Fantasy X. Wow. Because, because of the fact that I was trying to do the 100% completion, and I did it, I probably played it 50 times one summer. Um, it would not surprise me. It's actually <laughs> so bizarre to think about. But anyways, uh, my number one is, is uh, Icewind Dale 2. And, and the reason for this is this is probably not my favorite game of all time, but it surprised me at how fun uh, this game was. And I really appreciated a lot of the challenging aspects of it. I've gone back and played it a few times since we played for the podcast. Just, you know, I spent like a couple weeks playing it, start a campaign or whatever, run through some stuff, or I'll continue one of my existing ones if I don't want to spend 12 hours making a party. But I've really enjoyed it. Um, I, I, I absolutely love the challenge of it. It's grueling at times, at least in my experience. And also... I am not. I know the world of D and D at like a very basic level, and playing this game has opened me, opened my eyes a lot more to how D and D campaigns work a little bit more, especially as it relates to like magic usage. Uh, and I really appreciate that. So, and this style of game, you know, as I've talked about, I really like Divinity. So, I've spent a lot of time playing Divinity, and Icewind Dale for me is it is surprising how good it is, given how old it is. Cool. So awesome. Uh, yeah, I, I did enjoy that one. Um quite a bit um there were some things like once i got i got pretty far into it and started to get a little bit repetitive for me but uh but i but yeah that was i was really surprised by i thought it was going to be one of those a lot of those types of games it's really hard to get into them nowadays yeah um and i maybe had that issue for like the first 30 minutes or so well 30 minutes not counting the (laughs) party creation hours yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> but um, but it really uh, was genuinely really fun. I agree. Okay, cool. So now let's go to our five worst that we played on the podcast this year. Why don't you go first for this one? Oh, I misread that list. I'm sorry. I thought it was haven't played. Oh, shoot. I missed. So I have haven't played, have played, and then overall this year. Yeah, so the ones that we just did, we had played. Right. Before. So these ones are ones we have not played before. Well, no, we're skipping. We're doing that one last. Right now, we're doing the worst games that we played this year. My apologies. Okay. Um, well, shoot. We're doing all three. I didn't see that part. My apologies. So, had played, hadn't played, and the worst. Okay, I, I, I read that as the best in my mind. So, 
Hmm. We'll give you here. You want to, here? Why don't I just? I'll just stop for a second, and you can figure. Yeah. it Yeah. If you don't mind, that'd be great. So we got you got your list together now for the five worst that you played this yep. year. What's your number five? Uh, so I only have four. Uh, my number four is going to be Mystic Quest. Uh, Mystic Quest is a game that is it's very near and dear to me. I played it a lot growing up. It is something that is, it's it's a great introductory RPG for people. It's very very simple to play. Um, it's a game where you can probably hit the A button repeatedly and win the game. Like it's 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 a very simplistic introductory RPG, um, mm-hmm. and that's it does what it does well. And you know it's it's very good at that piece of it. However, if for anybody who has any experience playing RPGs, it gets very boring very quickly. And also, there's not a lot of depth when it comes to the characters and the story. It's kind of a real basic story, if you will, um, as well. So it just kind of it's not a great game. It it, it it's okay. At best. Gotcha. Okay. My number five is Mother. This is the first game of the Earthbound series. It's basically like Earthbound Zero, more or less. It's um it was on Nintendo and the it only got a an it only technically got a North American release for uh for the Wii U on the like digital shop or whatever. Uh and that was how I played it. And it is just if you remember me talking about it when I played it, I'm going to say the same thing now. It's it's the rough draft of Earthbound. There are many many things which are exactly the same. Even like you calling home and talking to your or t- yeah, t- or calling your dad and talking to him save the game to save the game. Yeah, and like yeah. it's just your mom at home and all this kind of stuff. And you're and there's even like the delivery system for your inventory and all that. Um, may, many things are, are exactly the same, but somehow it just sucks. Uh, the game is the the everything about it is like yes there's some quirkiness that's kind of fun but it's just overall very boring the the visuals are really bland the battles are dull there uh it's it's basically impossible if you don't have a guide because there are like really random places that you have to go to to make you know story stuff progress uh i really dreaded <laughs> all of my time playing this and really only played through it because uh just because of what it is it's uh but overall like unless you're like me and it's like oh this is this came before earthbound i want to see what it's all about and play through it there I, I there's no way i would ever recommend anybody play this besides that cool right, uh, do you four. want to do your number four as well why do you want do you need to say Because I did I already did I, I started at number four. That way we're on pace. Oh, us, right. right. Otherwise okay, yeah, yeah. All right. My number four, Final Fantasy Two. You probably remember me <laughs> hating this one. Gosh, it seems like was it really this year that I played it? I know, it? isn't that weird to think about? It seems like that was two years. I don't think I actually played this. I honestly don't think I played this this year. Maybe that was a guest. Hold on just a second. I want to see Final... I'm looking on our website to see when Final Fantasy 2 has been discussed. Okay. No? Well, I don't know if I actually played this this year or not. I think I played this a while back. But regardless, it's on my list. Uh, Final Fantasy 2 sucks whenever I played it. Final Fantasy 2 sucks. <laughs> it's, uh... The like leveling system is is they I respect them trying to do something different, but this is the one where like every time you use an axe, your axe skill goes oh, yeah. up, and every time you get hit, your health 
<laughs> skill goes up and stuff like that. Um, and it just kind of makes for a really boring playthrough. The encounter rate's too high. The dungeons are super boring. It's There's not really anything redeemable about this one for me. Oh. All right, number uh, three. Number three for me. Uh, Magical Quest starring Mickey Mouse. This is a, another real nostalgic game. This is a game that I rented a few times uh, growing up. Real simple side side scrolling side scroller side scrolling. Um, right term. What's the term I'm looking for? I, I think you're looking for side scroller. Yeah. Side platformer okay. side like two D platformer. Pla- yeah, there you go. There you go. Two D platformer. That's a good way to put it. Uh, last playthrough is just really bland. There's not a whole lot to it. I mean, there there are some decent elements to it that make it kind of interesting, but it's a it's a real basic game. There's just not a lot to it. So not not a great game, but it was one of those things that hit the nostalgia bone pretty hard. So. The nostalgia boon. Is this a super? Is this a super? Nin- is this a Super Nintendo game? I think so. It's either. It's. I'm pretty sure it's. No, no, it wouldn't have been Super Nintendo. It was probably regular Nintendo, right? Because I didn't have a Super Nintendo growing up. Let's see. Pretty sure this is a uh, NES game. No, it was Super Nintendo. I must have played it at somebody's house then. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Uh, my number three. Kind of. Per- kind of trying to figure out whether I should make this my number two, but three is where it's going to stay is pit fighter. Specifically, I played the Atari Lynx version and it's just the most basic fighting game you can imagine. Um, it's, it's not even a fighting game as we think of them. It's, uh, you know, like the beat up games, like yeah. where you're going and, and you have, you can kind of like walk to the foreground or background. Yep. It's that, but one-on-one. With just punches and kicks and like a couple extra moves on top of that. And it is so dull. And it's just based on who can, you know, like time their hit first to where you're walking into a hitbox. Or like, you know, the enemy is walking into your hitbox or you're not walking into theirs. And uh, the, the character designs are not only boring, but stupid and ridiculous. They all look like like BDSM guys, basically. Oh. Okay. <laughs> um. They're supposed to, it's funny, like, they're supposed to look like, oh, look how tough these guys are. They're wearing, like, chains and stuff, but it really just looks like BDSM. Uh, and that's that's all there is to it. It is it's a it is not a good game in any way. It has nothing to offer. Uh, my number two is Ice Climbers. Uh, real, hmm. not, 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 not a whole lot of substance there. Again, just a really simplistic game, very repetitive process. The level design is... Definitely lacks imagination, which I get it. I know it's a very old game, so I'm not trying to be overly critical. But overall, this is a game you can probably spend 15 minutes playing and completely understand the entirety of it and get get your get your playthrough, your fill of it. So nothing gotcha. nothing really there. So okay, my uh, number uh, uh, yeah number two is Final Fantasy three. My still my still the worst Final Fantasy that I've ever played. Uh, uh-huh. Hold that thought. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I, I, I don't. I still don't see any. Regardless of how bad eight might be, I'm kidding. It's, it's not going to be that bad. Just I kidding. just, yeah, it's not going to be this bad. Where not only is the game very boring, um, they do have some new like classes and stuff, and and some flexibility with the classes, which I do appreciate. That's that's a that is a good thing that it does. But it's. Got the say it's just as boring as Final Fantasy two, just as tedious as Final Fantasy two, and plus, this is the one that has like the two hour final 
like run through the game, the final stretch where your your last save is like two hours before the final boss. I never understand that. I, I that like just boggles my mind that whoever designed uh-huh. that, like this is a good idea. Like no, it's not. Stop. Yeah, it's not Please. a good idea. And there are like five bosses that you have to fight, and the last one is impossible. You have to do. I I did all of the optional bosses for like summons and all that kind of stuff. I did everything optional in the game and got all like the really powerful weapons that are like, you know, in, in optional areas. And I still had to spend an extra two hours grinding at the end of the game to even have a chance. And it not, so that plus it being a two hour stretch. Plus if you do like, I met like it, it's possible to mess up and fight the final boss too early. And then he does, he has, if you do that, then he has a move that instantly wipes your whole party. And so that happened to me once because I had like forgotten exactly, like I had suspended it um, because I was playing the Game Boy Advance port. Um, So I came back and forgot that I hadn't done one of these things. So I went to fight the final boss and just lost, you know, an hour and a half of progress because I forgot to do this one thing and my party got wiped. So then you got to go back to that spot two hours ago and sort of get it. It took me like four or five times to finally get through the final two hours of the game took me 10 hours of life. Uh, it, it, so is this the one where the last boss is like eight phases and you like go up into the sky and fight him as an angel? No, that's six. I think is that, is that six? Okay. never mind then. I'm pretty sure that's six. If I, because I I found, I I remember that boss fight being insanely hard. uh, My memory for that kind of stuff is so bad. Uh, six was the most recent one that I played. That sounds like six to me. Which I didn't mind that on, on six. I, I was. I was it, it was a nice challenge. It was just I just remember it being like obscenely difficult. At least yeah, it was pretty tough. Yeah, it was. I wouldn't say obscenely difficult. Yeah, definitely for a kid. But it it was hard. Like it, I definitely didn't beat it on my first try or anything like that. Not like Star Fox sixty four. Hey All right, number. What's your what's the worst game you played this year? Probably no surprise here. Front Mission. Uh, expected a lot more out of this game than I got. The combat was really boring and got repetitive extremely quickly. The overall clunkiness of the controls and mechanics of it weren't that great. They're just... I expected a lot more out of this game just based on... I don't know. Just based on the visuals of it. I yeah, just, it looked I cool. We were gonna, what'd you say? I said, yeah, it looked cool. Yeah, it did. And that's why when we started playing it, I was... A little, I was really disappointed. I figured we were going to get a lot. I thought I was going to get more enjoyment out of it. It wasn't the worst game I've ever played, but it wasn't something that I want to revisit anytime soon. No, definitely not. Uh, that would be a solid number six for me. Uh, I, that almost made my list. Overall, I felt like, you know, and maybe it was worse than Mother. I'm not sure. But yeah, that, that was a solid. That was a that top one. was very close to being on my list as well. All right. The worst game I played this year. This one is also going to be no surprise. Plumbers don't wear ties. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yes, it is hilariously bad. Um, So it, it does have that going for it. But as far as the game itself, it is a... It's actually a really terrible game. Um, One of the worst that I've ever played. Or More than Kingdom Hearts. Oh, he's thinking. He's thinking. <laughs> he's thinking. I'm not sure. I would have to go back and play each one a little bit. Um, if if I chose my game of the quarter to play Kingdom Hearts 1, would you quit the podcast? Yeah. 
No, I would do it. I would do it again just to, just to remind myself how why be nice to me. all the reasons I hate it. Yeah, just be nice. Be nice um, to me, otherwise we, it may happen again. <laughs> uh, the thing about plumbers don't wear ties is, it, is it's over much faster. Oh, that's that, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. Kingdom so, Hearts is relentless. We should play the second one. Is what we should do. So you no. can see the first the first <laughs> ten hours of the second one. You're playing as a different character, and you're just like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" And then you just like play, 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 and then all of a sudden, I don't know if it's actually ten hours. People are just like, "It's actually like six, like whatever." But uh, you get to a point where you switch back, and you're just like, "Why?" Like, it, was that just a big expo- exposition dump? Like, it was just. <laughs> it's so bad. That sounds Anyways. pretty bad. Yeah. I wonder what the you. I wonder what the best Kingdom Hearts game is. It's a uh, three three sixty five divided by T. I think. It's the, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. All right. So. <laughs> now, all right. So the best games we played this year now that we had never played before. This is always the the most fun. Um. You go. Well, no, I go first this time. The best. Uh, the fifth best game I played this year that I had not played before is Blade Runner. That's a, uh, it's a point and click adventure game. It's, it's a lot different because there's really not many puzzles. It's just go around and there are a few puzzle things in there, but most of it is just go around and talk to people. Oh, now you learn this. Now go back and talk to this guy. Now you learn something else. Go talk to this guy. Okay. Now you open up a different area. Go talk to everybody here and kind of repeat that. So the progression. Yeah. It's, it's, it's purely, you're purely playing it for the story and not well for the story and the overall Blade Runner feel like they, the, the thing that I like the most about it is that they did such an outstanding job of recreating the Blade Runner world, making a game that feels just like Blade Runner. Um, and, and like the, like the, the environment, the, the visuals, the characters, everything about it is so incredibly true to, uh, to Blade Runner that I, that, you will never you will never find another game that is as faithful to what it's based on as this game and and it's not just a retell it's not a retelling of blade runner it's an entirely different story it's just in the blade runner universe oh, that's cool. yeah and uh it's it's again it's got to be the most faithful uh game based on a, a on a on another medium uh, I don't, we, that's not exactly what I'm looking for, but based on something else that that you'll you'll probably ever find. Struggled with that one. Yeah, I struggled with it a little bit. We we got through it though. Based on another property, that's what I was that's what I was okay. looking for. Uh, okay, you're number five. Nope. Uh, you're gonna. I only have two here. Oh, you only have two. I, I yeah. There's only a couple games that I haven't played this year, so I'm gonna let you kind of pump away, and then I'll I'll sweep the leg at the end. Okay. Uh, my number four is going to be Final Fantasy 4. <laughs> this was a good one. I didn't I didn't like it as much. In fact, Blade Runner would probably be higher than this now that I think about it, but I didn't love Final Fantasy 4, but it was good. And I didn't play a ton of games this year that I just absolutely loved that I had never played before, so I would say yes, Final Fantasy 4 is a good game. I don't love it though, but it makes it onto the list just kind of cuz I didn't have a whole lot to go on. Um my number three is Kicks or Quicks. It's Q-I-X. This is a very simple game. Kind of Tetris-esque. This is the one where you're just drawing lines on the screen. Oh, yeah. And there's other lines like floating around. 
and you have to make sure that those don't hit your lines until you finish like completing a square shape. And the goal is to fill up, I think it's like 75% or 80% of the screen with your little blocks that you're drawing. Uh, and then you go on to the next level. This, this had just like that kind of addictive quality that a lot of these little simple puzzle games have. Sure. And uh, I, I really, it was really fun. There's, there's the risk and reward of, am I going to try to draw, keep drawing a bigger box or do I need to hurry up and close this off so I don't get hit by the thing? Uh, I, I really did enjoy this one. So now it's down to number two. I'll, uh, I'll go again first this time. Um, Odin Sphere. Yeah. Such a good game. I fell off of it because partly because I just wasn't very good at it. And partly because like I played it for quite a while. Um, it's, it's a pretty long game. It seems like I, I put yeah. probably six or eight hours in it. And, uh, it's got so many different things going on. Like the art is amazing. The combat is really good and really difficult to, to like, to kind of, yeah, to master. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and then there's so many different systems, like the potion crafting system. There's like a oh, system yeah. where you plant seeds and they grow during, during a level and you come back and get them. Ah, oh, stop. You're making me want to play this game. Are you <laughs> The I'm an level, addict, Robert. The levels are really neat too. The, like everything is even the, so. Even though it's a side scroller, everything every level is just a loop. So once you go far enough, then you then you start back off. Then you're then you're back where you started. Um, there's really crazy looking bosses. Um, I love the art style in that game. Uh huh. It's the yeah the art style is like forty percent of why I, why I loved it so much. Um, but yeah, it's it's a really good game. Odin Sphere is. So now, how about you? What's your what's the second best game you uh, played before? So number two, and, and this I so this is Zombies Ate My Neighbors, and I have played this game, but very briefly when I was younger. And it was more of I watched other people play it, but I was pleasantly surprised with how enjoyable this game was. It was it, it, it obviously has some repetitive elements to it. You know, it's just kind of a level based game, but the overall interactions with the the bad guys, we'll call them, the mobs, the AI was interesting and i liked that there was a a good variety early on of different monsters that you interact with there's also a lot of different weapons there's some real subtle and some obvious humor at time that was appreciated and just the overall challenge of it it made me feel like i was playing um enter the gungeon a little bit where you're being very resourceful with your weapons and trying to be you know kind of smart about how often you want to use certain types of guns or if you want to risk you know sacrifice there was some pretty nice actual challenge to it and i didn't get bored with it very quickly and i expected to but it was actually pretty darn enjoyable you still there i muted muted myself (laughs) oh uh my number three is wing commander three this is uh thanks to our listener jeffrey who sent it to me I uh, played this on 3DO and uh, I was, I had been wanting to play it for a while because I've played the first two Wing Commanders. I liked them both quite a bit. Um, I think I, if I remember correctly, I think I liked the first one more. This is the one that has Mark Hamill. Uh, it's got live action FMV scenes and he's like the main character. He's the guy that you play as. Uh, it's also got um, Malcolm McDowell. And some other people, uh, but the the gameplay it just it lives up to what Wing Commander is, which is uh, it's a space combat simulator. And uh, I was I was really worried that it was going to be rough to play on a controller without like an actual joystick because you pretty much 
always got to have a joystick for a space combat sim. But they actually pulled it off really well, uh, giving you ways to do pretty much everything via the controller. Uh, not, not only that, but the gameplay itself was really, really good. Um, it, it's, it's my favorite. I've, this is still like the, the, the last Wing Commander game that I've played, and it's definitely my favorite out of the three so far. Hey. Yeah, so it was, a, it was a great game, and it was fun to have. So I had just gotten a 3DO, and it was fun to have something else to play on the 3DO. So uh, thank you, Jeff. Uh, I appreciate it. This, that, that, this was the highlight of my year for the Classic Gaming Podcast. Awesome. All right, what you got? What was your, what was your favorite? I think it's probably no surprise that people are keeping score at home. Um, so, Secret of Monkey Island. Again, I, I, I want to preface this. I want to preface this. I really enjoyed uh, playing Secret of Monkey Island. There were some frustrating elements about it that I talked about extensively when I actually did the playthrough of it. Um, I, I want to say this is not my favorite game of all time, but of this year, I was actually surprised at how much fun I had with this and the fact that oh. I got as far as I did into it because I thought for sure... At a certain point, especially early on, that I was going to get really frustrated. I don't point-click adventures and me don't always click. There are certain ones that I've enjoyed and you know I've had some fun with it over the years, but I usually get bored within the first thirty minutes. And Secret Monkey Island has a nice variety of elements to it that kept me interested a lot longer than I expected. I didn't quite finish it, uh, but I got I think probably like three quarters of the way done with it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I thought it, I thought it was pretty darn fun, and I can completely understand why you why it's your favorite game of all time. Sure. That makes me really glad, not just that you like it because I like it, but also because I picked that. That was one of the game of the quarters that I picked. And uh, sure. I, I'm glad that I didn't just pick something that you just didn't like. <laughs> I, <'cause> I, <laughs> I didn't want you to play it just because I liked it, but I really genuinely sure. wanted to hear what your thoughts were. So that was why I picked it. Um, and so no, I'm, I think that I'm, makes perfect sense. I'm glad that, yeah, I'm glad that you, that it wasn't just that you didn't just hate it. And I just made you play a game that you hate. No, not at all. Awesome. Well, that's that's really cool. When are you going to play uh, Metal Gear Solid? Just avoid the question. I, I mean, I have tried. I've, I've tried. You have. Yeah. Uh, all right, cool. So there are our top fives of the year. Next episode, we will recap our um, New Year's resolutions of 2021, and we will have new resolutions for 2022 if you're an athlete you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down after all a team is only as good as its weakest link so you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field that's why there's no vape in team when you vape you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs if you're a step behind the team's a step behind Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. And uh, now it's time for emails. We have actually quite a few of them this time, so let's get rolling. Excellent. Um, do you mind taking this first one? Not at all. From Jeffrey. This is this was meant to be for our last episode, but he sent it after we were done recording. <laughs> Jeffrey says, I'm super happy that PD is finally on the podcast. I don't have much to chime in on other than to say I'm happy she is experiencing Breath of Fire 3 and hope she talks about it a bit. I really enjoyed her podcast episode where Rob made an appearance. Since then, I've been a, been on a quest to track down Booker's bourbon. But as of oh, yet, man. had no look. It's so good. It's, it's, a, it's kind of expensive. It comes in a big wooden box with like a plastic clear front on it. But... uh. 
Just just so you know what to look for, Jeffrey. Uh, that's my favorite, yeah. Cool. Uh, I continue this by saying, I haven't gotten much game time in lately, but I've played a lot of Super Smash Bros. on the N64 with my kids. It's fun that they're getting into video games now, and I know I have a lot to look forward to with that. I also recently got them some Pokemon cards, and we're learning together. My six-year-old picked up, picked it up way faster than I would expected. <laughs> I hope they are uh, they are as into strategy games as I was, and we can spend a lot of time in the future on Boss Monster, Risk, Settlers of Catan, and perhaps one day hey, Gloomhaven. Ooh, thanks for continuing to put out great long episodes. Size does matter. Later, peeps. Jeffrey. <laughs> uh, did, you, did you like move into the microphone right then when you said later peeps? Cause it sounded different from any. Oh, I was, re- I was, uh, I was sitting on my foot. I pulled okay. it up. Myself. <laughs> uh, sweet. Thank you, Jeffrey. Appreciate it. Next is from Mike. Mike says, hello, gentlemen. I'm listening to your most recent episode and realized I forgot to email you in time. I mentioned in the last email that I was playing earthbound, which I did finish. My expectations for this were even higher than Metal Gear Solid, as I'm a lifelong JRPG fan, and many rank this as one of, if not the best JRPG ever. Here are my thoughts on Earthbound, playing it for the first time. First, the bad. I felt like this game dragged on for too long. Part of it was the battles. It gives you the illusion that you can avoid many encounters, but most of the enemies move too fast to run away from. Two, the item management system was annoying. I'm used to old RPGs being very limited in this area, but it felt very clunky, even with the delivery service that allows you to store items. Number three, there wasn't much of a story. I don't expect games of this era to wow me in storytelling, but you had games like Final Fantasy IV and VI and Chrono Trigger, whose stories I still enjoy today. Here are the things I did like. Number one, the cartoony graphics. It fit the charming and whimsical nature of the game very well. While the battle system itself was kind of boring, I did like the backgrounds of the battle screen. Oh yeah, it's pretty cool. There's some there's ones that still stick out in my mind today. And the music that goes with it too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, same here. Number uh two. Yeah, there we go. The, the music. The music is as catchy as can be. It's not epic like the Final Fantasy series, but I still find myself humming the various tunes. Man, there is oh man, I love the Earthbound music. It's so good. Three, the dialogue is probably the greatest strength of this game. Uh, I found myself chuckling at some of the lines NPCs would spout, and I appreciate the self-aware humor. Brick Road slash Dungeon Man was probably my favorite. His signs in the dungeon cracked me up. I don't remember him. Do you? Vaguely. Uh, there's there's a couple characters that stick out to me. The, na- the name rings a bell. Okay. Um, I will admit... Uh, number four, I will admit that the final fight with Gygus, while not the most fun final boss fight to play, is very creative in its presentation. The the spoiler so spoiler here for the next like ten seconds. The idea that prayer would weaken weaken and eventually destroy this entity of pure evil is very moving, and you don't see this in other games to my knowledge. I honestly found this game to be a little overrated. It's not terrible by any means, but I did have to force myself to finish it. I can deal with old and grindy RPGs, but I did not find myself as engaged with this game as I do playing an old Final Fantasy or Dragon Quest. I know this email is shorter and a bit of a bummer, so I'll ask a couple of questions to generate some discussion. What games have you played... Alright, number one. What games have you played that were universally praised by fans and critics alike, but you found disappointing? Metal Gear sticks out to me. 
Uh, and and that's not that's not to be a thing of you. It's just Metal Gear has just never really stuck with me the way it, way it does for a lot of people. I know that this series across the board is just very highly regarded. It's just never really done anything for me. Yeah, I think that's fair. But I, I don't think you're alone in that. I think there are plenty of people who are like, what, what's what's wrong? What's going on with this game? Like, this is sure. stupid. Um, for uh, The first one that comes to mind for me is Chrono Trigger. But that was just because I played the PlayStation port the first time. That was terrible. And that kind of soured oh, me on yeah, it. Oh, yeah. I remember general. that, actually. So, um I do like Chrono Trigger now. I really need to go back and play it a third time just to kind of. I feel like, I feel like when I played it the second time, I I I just cleansed my palate of the first time. <laughs> you know, like I didn't truly get to experience it for how good it is. It was most like, okay, now I can understand that this game's good. I feel like I really need a third go around to really appreciate it now. Um, but but to more properly answer the question, I think it would be a Super Mario RPG. Oh wow! I've I've talked about, it. and I even played that one a second time too because I was like, surely there's something I'm missing. Um, but no, I just really I, I do I do really appreciate the atmosphere and the humor, but overall I I just find the game boring. Out of and a miss for you? Yeah. So that's that's, I, I my answer would be Super Mario RPG. Sir, he says number two. Okay, so two. Rob, I remember you saying on an episode from about a year ago that you bought Dragon Quest Eleven for the Switch. I played it earlier this year and it was phenomenal. Have you tried it? And what are your thoughts? Yes, I played it. I have not finished it. Um, I really like it. It's I think it's a really good game. I eventually got to the point where it, it was... Dragon Quest is a little bit vanilla for me. So I did really like the first one that I played on NES. Um, even though it's, it's, it's a little bit plain in some ways i don't know something about it something about the nes rpg charm really got me uh dragon quest 11 is a very good game and i do like it a lot i think i just got a little bit bored with monsters every monster's like a dragon or a rock man or stuff like that um i mean there are there's plenty of variety of bad guys but there's not a whole lot of like really interesting bad guys um that said, the story is pretty good, and I do plan on going back and finishing it. I think I'm probably like 60 or 70% of the way through. So, yes, I do like it a lot. There's, It's got lots of really good things about it. Eventually, I just got a little bit bored with it. Um, by the time you read this, I hope you will both have had a happy Thanksgiving and Merry Christmas. As always, keep up the great work and keep giving me ideas of classic games to try out mike you as well okay so jay he's played uh earthbound and metal gear solid what's one that was like a must play i I thought you were about to say that okay so your next mission if you have not already played final fantasy final fantasy tactics mike is to play final fantasy tactics yeah i would love to hear your thoughts on it to be honest all right you know what we should do that sometime as a game of the quarter Final Fantasy Tactics. Yeah. Ugh, why do you really? I mean, I'm I, I'm not going to fight you on this, but do you know who I am? Well, because I've got to play it again. Stop. Let's let's just let's just don't don't tease me like this. <laughs> All right. Okay. Here's um. Actually, this one is from uh a friend of mine, Splitty Booms. I'm gonna give you this one to read though. But uh, 
Hey, Splitty, how's it going? Thank you for writing in. Splitty says, yo, if you could have a game made in your, in, excuse me, to your exact specifications, what would be your perfect sim slash management game? Whoa. Oh, that is Okay, so lot. he elaborates a little bit here. Oh, um, should I go? I could go. Go ahead and read uh, just the next little bit there. Sure. Uh, what do you look for in one as far as mechanics, systems, graphics, immersion, etc.? Also, what would you want to be managing slash simming? Like retail, neighborhood, restaurant, school, etc. Okay. Wow. So for me, uh, sim management games, graphics do not matter. Uh, they, you know, as long as it's, it's, it's legible, if that makes sense, it graphics really do not matter a lot. Like Rollercoaster Tycoon 1 is very basic graphics. I feel like it's pretty pretty easy to understand. There's not like a lot of depth to it. That is completely fine with me. I don't need a lot there. Immersion is not critically important for me. I think it's good if I like the thematics or the theme that, that the game is built off of, and it helps to add some additional layers of interest to it. But for me, mechanics have to be everything. I like things with a lot of depth, a lot of complexity to it, something where you can refine and get better at. I like games where when you play through, you can you know do it again on a higher, like a harder and harder difficulty. So I would love some sort of sim game that is based around that and in terms of like the actual uh what would be managing or simming i don't really care to be honest with you i i am open to a lot of different things i don't i, I don't mind the idea of like managing a business of some kind if that makes sense but it doesn't have yeah. to be anything specific what about you robert um may, probably my perfect sim management game would be the one that I was trying to make myself a couple years back, um, which was like a spaceship. Um, like you're the captain of a spaceship, basically. And you're hiring a crew and going around different places, taking on missions to do any sort of different, any any type of thing, whether it's mining some asteroid somewhere or taking on an assassination mission or just or smuggling something or just delivering something. I, I love the idea of an open world Here's your ship. You're the captain. Do whatever you want to, to get by. Um, I think that sounds... Uh, there's not really much like it. The closest thing I can think of is Rebel Galaxy, but that's not quite what I'm looking for. You're, you are doing different types of missions, but it's not a management game. It's a little bit more action-y than that. Um, but, but aside from that, also anything food-related I think would be really fun. Um, it's like that either actually yeah like so like he and he even mentions this like restaurant i think like some kind of restaurant thing would be really fun i was playing i actually started well for a little bit i put some time back into cook serve delicious 2 a few weeks ago uh just because i was like i I just wanted to play something food related and uh it, it didn't quite it wasn't quite exactly what i was looking for but it was like the closest thing so some kind of like restaurant sim the as far as I know, there aren't really any good ones of those. Um, I think that would be fun also. Cool. Uh, Splitty goes on to say, personally, I'd love something managing all, spec- all aspects of an arcade. I'd want the depth of system mechanics and also the immersion of Project Hospital and RimWorld. RimWorld did come to mind when we were kind of thinking through this. Uh, Splitty goes on to say, with the level of depth of building aspects from the Sims, the scale of management from cities, skylines, and planet coaster, and throw in some kind of mini game that are as fun as Cooks Serve Delicious. 
Oh, um, I've been seeking a sim management game that pulls me in, a, and before I know it, several hours have passed. Something that I look forward to playing and never really get bored of. The last thing that did that for me was Project Hospital, but eventually the game's limitations became too much to look past once my hospital reached a certain size. Bad AI pathing mainly, uh, is what he put in parentheses. Uh, makes the game hard to get back to, uh, hard to go back to now. So I know it's silly to think a game could ever offer me something, excuse me, everything you'd ever want while admitting any stuff you hate, but we can dream. Yeah, that's a good call. It's, it's something I think about a lot is like as we continuously play through games, like, ah, how do I get another game that captured me the same way that one did? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Makes a lot of sense. <clears throat> okay. Thank you, Splitty. Appreciate it. Hope you're doing well. Next one here is from Sven. Sven says, uh, Hi, Robert J. After several months of absence in terms of sending in an email, I finally found a couple topics to write about. I'm still cons- I'm still constantly looping through all of your episodes, <laughs> meaning I listen to every new episode the day it is released, and in between episodes, I'm listening through all the other episodes chronologically, and whenever I have reached the newest one, I go straight back to episode one the next day. <laughs> That's crazy. It still blows my mind. I th- but I, 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 I appreciate it. I respect it. it. Yeah. yeah. I think I have looped the entire list five or six times by now. He's 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 coming in. He's closing in on like a thousand episodes. And I'm whoa, whoa, still... Whoa, whoa. <laughs> what's six times 170? Almost 1,200. 10, <laughs> okay. 10, 20, so, like that. Okay. Uh... And I'm still loving every minute of it. This is the beauty about classic games. They never get old. Uh, you sometimes mention the first few episodes and describe them as being of poor quality. Recommending new listeners to start probably with episode 9. Actually, I don't really know why you think the early episodes are bad. I think you did a good job. And to me, the sometimes awkward moments and technical difficulties are the charm of those gems. Especially the choice of games in those episodes gives the new listeners... Uh, a good idea of what your favorite games or genres are as Rob played monkey Island in one of the instances of metal gear solid, whereas Jay and Blake were jizzing over final fantasy tactics in chrono trigger <laughs> a few episodes ago. One of your listeners asked about what video game characters hairstyle would you like to have for yourself? I like the quirky. I like such quirky and out of the blue questions very much as they make me think as well and test my memory on classic games. By the way, real quick side note here. I realized after that episode, you remember that one where they were asking us about characters' hairstyles? Yeah. I talked about um, one of the characters from Yakuza Like a Dragon for like a few minutes, but I never ever described what his hairstyle actually is. Really? I just showed you. I was like, hey, Jay, check out the screenshot. This is what I'm talking about. But I never described to the listeners what his hairstyle was. You're such a troll. (laughs) Uh he says, so I think I would choose the final boss of Revenge of Shinobi for Genesis. Uh, he uses his hair as a weapon to fight the player character, swinging it around himself like a flail or something. He can Jesus. even send it. He can even send it flying around the screen, boomerang style, <laughs> hitting and damaging everything in its way and returning to the boss's head. For a modern game, I would choose Cal Kestis from Fallen Order. Great hair if you like gingers, at least. That has volume and still moves with the wind. This praise cannot be given to the look of his face. Uh, the revolting baby boy expression with the huge prun-like underbite almost made me quit the game, actually. Yeah, um... 
I actually had kind of the same feelings about his face. Um, as some listeners have moved from participating in your five, top five lists for obvious reasons to asking you so-called questions of the day, I'd like to do the same, even though the top five lists were a better way to get your listeners involved, in my opinion. So here goes. Question of the day. What was the most emotional game you ever played? By emotional, I do not necessarily mean only feelings like sadness or grief. It could also be rage or exhilaration. Just what was the game that brought you to experience the strongest emotion in general? Jay? I don't think there's a lot of surprise here. It's got to <laughs> be tactics. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. There's just there's just something special about spoilers, by the way, spoilers from the story, of killing Algus the first time. When you kill him after he kills Delita's sister, it feels like a, a spoiler? weight is lifted up. What? Is that a spoiler? That's what I said, spoiler. I said oh, spoiler. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. Yeah. You My bad. Yeah, yeah. So... Algus is a total piece of shit, and you just want to kill him the entire time, and then you finally do, and the the kill is just so great, and there's that iconic screaming noise from the PlayStation One version, which is great. There's also killing of the killing of Gafgarian, which is another one that just you feel vindicated almost when you do it. Like it's just such a great feeling. I, I that is something every time I do it, I absolutely enjoy it. There's just no no thought about it. Gotcha. Um, usually it's hard for me to 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 kind of like pull up every game in memory and, and come up with an answer like this. Sure. But I actually do have a good, a, a few good answers. I think for this one, this Excellent. time, um, in general, um, uh, dear Esther, I, I, well, I yeah. f- was really moving to me, even though it's kind of abstract and it's really not even clear what exactly mm-hmm. is going on. I, I felt, I did feel very moved just by the overall experience. Um, more so, the very end of Metal Gear Solid 3, that was one of the most moving endings and points in general of any video game I've ever played. It is just so good. Uh, but actually, um, now I, just get, I was thinking about it a little bit more as you were talking about it, and I think maybe the most moving part for me personally uh, of a video game that I've played is... The very be or almost the very beginning of uh, the Walking Dead, the Telltale uh, one. Um, there's this part where you are uh, very close to the beginning. As I said, you're you're in this. You kind of find yourself in this random house, and you're kind of like taking shelter in this house, and nobody's there, and you are. Uh, you know, still trying to figure out what's going on. Every, you know, obviously something crazy has happened and you, they know that, you know, people are coming back from the dead and this kind of stuff. And you're walking around the house, just kind of exploring. And there's an answering machine in these people's house. And you hit the button and you, you listen to the last message on the answering machine. And it's this, um, it's the, the parents of the, So evidently like a family lived there and the girl was there. And her parents were out. So I don't even remember the details, but they were gone or out somewhere. And it was a message of them calling to like, tell her to like take care, like tell her to go hide and this kind of stuff. Um, You know, like, we're sorry, we can't be there to help you. We're going to try to get home as as soon as we can, you know, please answer the phone. If you're, if you're there, we hope you're doing okay. But if, if you are there, you need to go hide, go hide. Like they're telling her what to do. I forgot, you know, the specifics of it, but I had played this like, when my daughter was like five or six years old. And I, this is the closest I have ever been to being brought to tears 
playing a video game. Yeah. Uh, it didn't do it. I didn't get there, but it, but I, I I I felt it for sure. Uh, that was to to me like the most moving part uh, of a video sure. game that I'd ever played. Uh, he says um, another thing I would like to hear your opinion on is the sort of new way games tend to end. Uh, I mean, the fact that it's become qu- uh, quite common for games to announce after the final bosses have been defeated that the player has, in fact, beaten... That the player has... I think he means has not, in fact, beaten the game, sometimes even along with showing an epilogue or a credits roll, only to then have the player be able to continue playing and make him try to find the true ending. This happened, for example, with Death's Door, Octopath Traveler, and Hades, just to name, to name a few. I bet there are many more. Um... Jay, another one that comes to mind is one that you've been playing a lot recently. STS? Yep, Slay the Spire. Um, So I can't help but ask, what the hell is the point of that? What purpose does this mechanism serve? Two endings. Why call the first one the end, then? And if the second one is the true ending, what does this term make the first one? You know, the one where the player was already shown the fucking credits. What was... Was that the false ending? Uh, What really annoys me... I have to say, and I think this is, uh, he, oh, this really annoys me, I have to say, and I think it is a new thing that was introduced only recently. At least I cannot think of a classic game that did that. You beat the game, you watch the end sequence, you watch the credits, that was it. New Game Plus. Yeah, there's that. What is with all this secret crap that no one would ever find without the help of the internet in the first place anyway? So what's your opinion on that, and can you think of a reason why this is done? Because I cannot. I think I think the use case for it is for casuals. It's for people who don't want to spend a lot of time getting really good at a game enough to actually achieve the quote unquote ultimate ending. So I think what it does is it gives an ending that the general people that most people can get, um, you know, just by doing the basic playthrough. And then there's also something that's more enticing for people who want to spend a lot more time practicing and, and learning how to get better. I, I think of STS and Hades, right? You can get the ending from Hades just by playing it, you know, over and over and over, or you can continuously turn up the difficulty, make it more and more challenging and continue to get, you know, like little bits of additional information over time. I think that's Personally, a good I like answer. It. I think that's a good answer. Um, maybe that is why, but yeah, I hadn't really thought about this, but, but it definitely is kind of a trend that you see nowadays. It's a fair criticism. I, I would say for sure. <laughs> I think it's fair too. I, I would I would say it it doesn't bother me, um, but I can understand it. I can understand that bothering you. Sure. Uh, but yeah, I don't have a better answer. I think you I think you you probably nailed it. He says that's it for today. Sorry if this was another long email, but I thought I had to make up for my negligence during the recent months. Enjoy your day, Sven. Thank you, Sven. No apologies needed. All right, Jay. It's on to you. I think both of our voices are probably starting to go out, but we uh, we got this. I lose my voice. I lost my voice multiple times this week from work. And I was like, one of the nights we were, we were talking about doing the podcast. So it was Friday. I was like, if we do the podcast tonight, five minutes in, I'm going to be like, I can't talk. <laughs> All right. I don't, uh, I, I don't know why I did it like that. Father Beast says, hi, classic gamers. Father Beast here. Uh, when you had PD, PT on in episode 169, she said she had played a great deal of Civilization 2 in previous days. I also played a stupid amount of Civ 2 in the old days, so much so that my wife said Civ 2 was my mistress, so I wanted to tell you a little <laughs> bit about it. Nowadays, I think there is no legal way to get Civ 1 or Civ 2 due to some sort of rights issue uh, to do with them being micro prose games. Oh, okay. Uh, so I'm glad to still have my original discs and a computer running Windows XP, which we still run Windows 95, which, excuse me, which will still run Win 95 games. 
The Civ 2 CD had a number of tracks of music that would play in a CD, a CD player, and the game would play those tracks as background music while you were playing. You could even put a CD, a music CD, in the drive, and it would play those tracks while you were while you were playing the game. Although it was a little disconnect, disconcerting for Bon Jovi to be singing while you were trying to conquer the world. Uh, Father Beast goes <laughs> on to say there were little mini movies that would play whenever you built a wonder of the world. They were grainy and not high quality, but it still caused some whiplash when Civ 3 had no movies at all when you built a wonder. Uh, there were also the animated High Council, which were people playing the part of your military, science, economic, foreign, and attitude advisors. Elvis was your attitude advisor. <laughs> they would give suggestions on advancing your gameplay and often insult each other and argue about it. One of my favorite quotes was from the military advisor. Uh, while the scroll heads play with their quill pens, the city defense remains as thin as parchment. Build city walls. Uh, is this a... Oh, I see. Oh, that's weird. Do you see how it pasted in the chat? Yeah, I don't know what is going okay. on. Uh, the game had some features that are a little bit unbalanced and have been discontinued in later versions. There was no corruption or waste at all under democracy, and there was a government called fundamentalism in which no citizen was ever unhappy and wow. allowed for huge free support of units. Uh, under a republic or democracy, we love the king day would cause your city population to increase by one each turn you can maintain it, which would cause your entire empire to grow dramatically in a short amount of time. Anyway, I had, a, I had many hundred hours, happy hours playing this game and still have it installed in a couple places. Glad to tell you just a tiny bit about the things I like about it. Still listening, Father Beast. Thanks, Father Beast. Thank you. Sounds good. All right. And we got the last one. You know who it's from. Mr. Knight Cleaner. Jason Knight Cleaner. By the way, I just got logged into Final Fantasy fourteen. Excellent. Perfect timing. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. I need to hold on. I got to set my watch timer. Hey, you just play STS if you get stuck in queue. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Uh, yeah, I know. No, actually, I've been playing... Um, uh, the Resident Evil 2 remake a little bit recently. Oh, cool. That's really good. Uh, what else? There's something else too that I was playing, but I can't even remember what right now. Um, where was I? Chase the Night Cleaner. You were reading Chase's email. Yep. Hello, gentlemen. Chase the Night Cleaner here with another email. I know you've been... I know you've both been counting, but just as a polite reminder, this is my 105th email excluding... Wow. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Excluding that one voicemail I did about Final Fantasy, yeah. did you did you know that I actually doubled up a few episodes to <laughs> to ensure I made up for my losses on those times I failed to write in? Yeah, I'm cool like that. Again, I know you've both been very invested in my contributions to your show and that you are tracking this yourselves, but I was surprised to learn that I first appeared on episode 65 and just never stopped writing in, even when my wife went into labor. I do remember that. We are a few months shy of six years of night cleaning emails, and some of those were pretty dirty, but that's not why I'm writing in. So look, I did a bit more digging, and I won't say this info is a for sure, because no, ge because no game leaks are 100% truth, but that NVIDIA leak looks to be a legitimate list of major games coming out for the next couple of years, and there is a Final Fantasy Tactics remaster and a Tactics Ogre remaster in there. I, I, I'll be honest with you. I expected that was coming within the next five years. I didn't hear about this leak, but that honestly makes a lot of sense. 
it doesn't make a lot of sense. I wonder if it's going to be any good. Uh, I expect. I mean, if it, if it depends what they do with it. I mean, if it's just a yeah. reprint, sure. Like that. That I. It's but think about the fi- the think about all the Final Fantasy games that they've quote remastered. Sure. Well, that, if they put it on Switch, I'd buy it tomorrow, though. Yeah. I hope Ooh. it turns out good. If they you did do. like a total remake, that would be kind of crazy. Because they did a good job with the Final Fantasy VII remake. I'd I would be, be very scared of that. I would be less scared about a remake than a remaster. Wow, really? The I, remasters I, I have been that. bad, and the remakes... Yeah, you are right. You are right. Um, anyway, I like to wait for games to drop in price, but both those JRPG strategy darlings are day one buys for this guy. Uh, as someone who is currently replaying LucasArts' 2003 turn-based gladiator combat gem Gladius... I'm not familiar with this. Um, I can confirm I like my games slow and full of customization. Now for the good stuff, though, the question of the day, and this one has absolutely nothing to do with games. When you order a pizza, what are your favorite toppings? Mushrooms. Really? Every time. I love mushrooms. I absolutely love mushrooms. I, I hate meat on pizza. I'm so, like, I've done it too many times. It just doesn't do anything for me. I was I can't eat pizza anymore because I've kind of determined I'm somehow uh, lactose intolerant or something like that. Sure. Um, Why well, say I've through with the doctor, with the help of the doctors, that's the conclusion we've come to. Um, but when I could, I'm just a fan of like a, just a cheese pizza. Like, yeah, I'll eat it. I'll eat it. I'll eat pepperoni or anything on it. Too. But yeah, sure. cheese pizza, like you, you, you can appreciate all the stuff there a little bit more. Hard to fuck it up, right? Yeah, um, especially like a margarita style. Yeah, which is, I was going to say. Oh, man. <laughs> so good. Um, although, yes, pepperoni is also really good. And, and occasionally a good Supreme is, is really good, too. Nah, um, I, 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 the, I honestly, throw vegetables on there. I'm happy with it. I get meat is just too much for me. It's too much flavor. It. I, I love I love crust. I love good crust. I also oh, like, man, I, I like a good crust. Yeah, I like a I like thin crust predominantly. I don't like uh, Chicago style. I'm more of a New York style type person. So I really like a good crunchy crust. Big fan, big fan. You you know what I have learned now that I can't have cheese anymore? Mm. Pizza without cheese is actually not bad. I actually don't. I, I'm not surprised by that at all. To to speak a little frank with you, yeah, it's not. It does not sound bad. I wouldn't say, hey, go for this instead of cheese. But if you can't have it. With cheese, it's then still it's, good. It's still good, yeah. yeah. I believe um, that. I, he says, I've recently learned that I really, really enjoy mushroom, pepperoni, roasted red pepper, and black Ooh. olives. I, I, I'm that not a huge good. black olives person on pizza. I like olives a lot, um, especially if they're like soaked in olive oil or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think I'm not mad at that that selection. Minus pepperoni. Pepperoni, I, I will say I like pepperoni when it's like kind of nuked and crunchy. More so oh, than yeah, soft yeah. and greasy. Robert, we need to hang out and have pizza. Now, when you come out, it's pizza time. That's what I'm hearing. Cheeseless pizza when I come visit. I'm down. I'm totally down Let's for that. Let's do it. Do you like wings? Yeah. I love hot wings. Lisa and I make hot wings. We, we make our own sauce and stuff. It's oh, so do good. you? Oh, wow. Yeah. How do you, how do you um, like, what do you cook them in? Do you... uh, we have an air fryer. Oh, my gosh. That sounds it's so, so worth it. Man. That it's sounds so, so good. Yeah, when you come out, it'll, we'll make it a thing. All right. That sounds perfect. Um... He says, it's a bit out there, but it usually means I get a whole pie to myself and I'm okay with leftovers the next day. I don't think that's too crazy sounding. I love cold pizza. Cold pizza. Cold? 
I don't I don't mind cold like cold the next day pizza. Yeah, uh like no, you know, pizza. I'm 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 good with it. I just prefer it, you know. Even le- so leftover pizza you fresh. prefer it to be warm? Oh, fresh for sure. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying like leftover pizza. Oh, you're pizza, saying leftover like warm versus I'll yeah. eat cold and I'm fine with that, but I would prefer to heat it up. Okay. Um do you do you call a pizza do you ever call a pizza a pie? Yeah, my parents are from the Northeast, so that okay. is definitely a term that, that floats around my house. I've that like I, obviously it's a regional thing. That I, I've I've never lived anywhere where you would not get looked at weird if you said pie. Like that's sure. all. That's, yeah, they call it pizza pies. Yeah, that's that sounds so weird to me. I, again, I know that's just a I can see that regional thing. Um, and that's it for me, gentlemen. Happy hundred seventieth episode. Thank Ooh. you so much for all that you do and for reading this hundred and fifth email from me. What a wonderful section of your show. Cheers and talk again soon. Chase the night cleaner. Thank you, Chase. Always Thanks, a pleasure. Chase. We always all 165. Yeah. Was it 165 times? 105. 105. Excuse me. All 105 emails. We've enjoyed all 105 of them. Yes. Thank you. I can hear Lisa. She's dancing. Back doing around. something in the back. <laughs> She's dancing. Uh, she current gaming subcast. Do you, do you want to talk about? <laughs> do you want to? Jay, real quick, off the top of your head, what's the best game you played this year that's that wasn't for the Classic Gaming Podcast? It could be from any year. It doesn't have to come out this year. What's the best one you played this year? Thinking. Mine was, well, I've got like three. Yakuza Like a Dragon, Resident Evil Village, and Inscription. I think mine has to be Slay the Spire. <laughs> okay. Seriously, I I mean, hundreds of hours. I've owned it for like three months and I'm like three or 400 hours into it. It's just, the level of difficulty is just perfect for what I'm looking for. So so current gaming subcast real quick. Do you want to talk about Slay the Spire for a minute? Uh, I can, sure. Go for so, it. Uh, I, and so as you know, I was playing this a, lot, a little bit too recently. I've gotten everybody playing this game now. So it, it's, <laughs> it's kind of over. I knew I was going to enjoy playing this game. I, so for me, I really like um, cooperative PVE type games. And there are a lot of you know, deck building PVP type games. And I enjoy those as well. The PVE games have always been more interesting to me. I've watched people play Aspire, And so I bought it for Switch when it was on sale for like $12. Which if you, have, if you don't own it, it's definitely worth $12. I mean, even if you get t- 10 hours out of it, your you're money well worth spent. Uh, but Slay the Spire is a deck building PVE type game. There's four characters you can you can choose from, um, and there is endless depth to this game. It's a rogue light. It's more of a rogue like than a rogue light, I would say, which is kind of weird. It's like a rogue light like light is. Yeah, I, don't know. I, I know. Yeah, yeah. We got there's it. there's very light growth elements to it. Predominantly, every run is different, and you can and once you beat the game, you can, once you beat the game with every single character, you unlock a, another boss that you can fight, which is, adds more depth to the game. There's also when you play the game, you have potions which you can use, which are one time use that have a lot of depth to them. There's relics. There's common and special relics. There's boss relics. That all do. There's hundreds of different relics. So when you start a run, you may get a relic, and you're like, "Oh, well, shit! This changes my complete direction for the game." And I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Your character has all these different cards. The cards can also be upgraded. You can also do some, certain other interactions or mechanics with the cards that make them slightly stronger or weaker in different ways. You can remove cards from your deck. You can have curses added to your deck. 
And so all of this, you have to take this into consideration because you are fighting your way through all these different levels. And as you progress through the game, there are very challenging decisions you have to make that will ultimately result in a success or a failure. And also there's what's called um, floor macro, which is each floor you go through, you have multiple different paths you can go through. You know what the entire route is going to look like. There are some random elements to it. But there's a lot of thought and strategy around how you're going to progress through a specific floor. Because if you overcommit or get too greedy, you'll probably die. If you play too passively, you probably won't be able to kill the boss. Every time you beat the game, you can turn up the difficulty uh, another level. It goes up to a max level of 20. And the 20th level is incredibly difficult. The average completion for the highest level is like 5 to 8%. And for people who play it a lot, it's like 30 to 40% if they're exceptionally good at the game. So there is a lot of depth to it, and I've spent a lot of time on it. Um, I have beaten the game all the way through with one character, and I've worked through it with some of the other ones. Of the... <laughs> I have done 300 probably runs with the Silent, which is my favorite character, and I have only cleared it on the hardest difficulty three times. So I have a 1% success rate so far. That's pretty... Uh... That's still pretty impressive because that's like super hard. Yeah. Right. And, and I'm getting better at it. I mean, that's the other thing too. It's like every time I do it, it gets slightly better. So, um, so yeah, you're loving it. And it was just a coincidence that I started playing it at the same time you did. Um, cause oh, I, yeah, right we hadn't even talked about yet when I, so I actually, I bought this a while back, like not right when it first came out, but when people were like talking it up, like how, how amazing it is. I was like, okay, I'll give this a shot. And, like, at first I didn't like it, and I just put it down for, like, when did it come out? Two years ago? Three years ago? 2017, I think. Okay. We looked it up this week. And I didn't even play it much since. And it just kind of, actually it was Inscription that got me playing it again, because I was like, that was fun. I wanted to go back and play another card game now. Sure. Uh, another deck builder. And, like, I told you this, Jay. When I, when I first played it, don't be an idiot like me. And so the, the key to any deck building game is keeping a tight deck, right? Sure. Where all the cards work together very well. Synergy. They all synergize with each other. Yep. Um, when I first played it, I would get a new card anytime I possibly could. <laughs> it didn't matter did if it had anything in relation to yeah to the other cards I had. I was like, oh, this one sounds good. Yeah, I'm taking it because you get to you have the option of adding a new card to your deck after every battle. You you get like three cards pop up. And you get to choose one or you can skip and not take any of them. The best strategy is to like most of the time not take a new card. Wait, just only take a new card if it actually, you know, works well with the other cards that you have. Whether, it, you know, there are there are a surprising number of different types of deck builds you can go for. Um, but you just got to make sure that they do work really well together. I did not do that at all. I took a new card every single chance I got. I was like, you know, oh, this one looks cool. I'm taking it. Oh, this one's neat too. I'm taking it. And I did terrible. And I could not understand how people got past like <laughs> the first boss, basically. Um, once I re once I learned how to not play like a complete idiot, I actually really, really enjoyed the game. Uh, I beat it with all of the, I've, I've beaten it now, like, you know, the, the base game with all of the characters and I've beaten the, the heart boss once and and i'm good now like i i don't feel so compelled that i need to go back and keep playing it like like you do i'm happy with beating it with all the characters and then beating the heart boss once 
that's good. That's good for me, and I'm gonna, and I'm happy moving on to something else. But I've put a. Ton, I wonder what my playtime on it is. Like I've put a ton of time just into getting that far. Um, real quick, I wonder the hell is it? Oh, here we go. Bottom uh, Steam today, by the way. Okay. Uh, where does it show how long? Oh, here we go. I don't. I, I would look at mine, but I don't. Okay, 50, don't fifty-two hours. It. That it, it's taking me fifty-two that's hours. Still, like that's a significant amount of time. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a, it's a it's a lot of time. I would get totally sucked into it. I'd be like, all right, I'm going to play two battles, and then get back to two runs later. Like, study one more run. That, that, that's my favorite. <laughs> one more run. One more run. Because I, I will do like 15 runs back to back to back to back to back, and like you know, <laughs> 10 of those I'll die on the first boss. You know what I mean? So it's really quick runs. Yeah. Uh. So yeah. So that was my experience with it. As long as you play it intelligently, you'll probably enjoy it. I think. Yeah, take your time. Go slow. That, that is a, a big recommendation I would make for people is if you're struggling, slow down. That is uh, something that a lot of people make a mistake of like, oh, I just got to go really quick and yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, something else I was going to say too, but I, but I mean, yeah, that, that basically covers it. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a very good game. I have been, so I was playing this a good bit. I told you I've been playing a little bit of Resident Evil 2 Remake as well, which came out a few years ago. That's that's really good too. One game that I've also returned to and that I've been sinking a lot of time into lately is Into the Breach. This is the game, it's made by the same people that made FTL. Oh, okay. And it's a, uh, it's a turn-based, it's like a tactical game. It's like basically a tactics game. You uh, and, I, and I think I talked about this when I originally got it back like, gosh, four or five years ago when it came out. Um, you are fighting monsters, basically. It's like you controlling these giant mechs and tanks and stuff and fighting monsters. And it's it's typically... Well, you have three units that you control. And then the way the game works is you are protecting uh, like towns and cities and stuff that the monsters are attacking. And the... Uh, the like. Your guys, of course, have hit points, but the like the electrical, like the power grid basically is the main thing that you have to watch. It has hit points and anytime a building gets hit, then the power grid hit points go down. And if those go down to zero, your game's over. If one of your units hit points gets down to zero, then you lose the pilot in that uh, in that unit permanently. But after but but the unit will come back in the next like in the next mission, the unit itself will. So you don't, you don't permanently use that unit. You just lose anybody who might've been piloting it. But the game over is when the power grid hit points get down to zero. And again, that happens anytime a building gets hit. So the whole, th- it's, it's the whole thing is based on positioning in a way, like even more so than most tactics games. It's a lot of your attacks will not only damage uh, monsters, but also knock them back a square. Um, and then even there are some units that don't even do damage and all they do is, is knock monsters around. So the monsters move up and set up and they get to where they're about to attack something. And what you're trying to do is knock them around to where you're either going to kill them or hit them out of the ways to where when they attack, they're going to not hit whatever building they were aiming for or whatever unit they were aiming for, or even better make them hit each other. So, uh, that's that's pretty much the whole game, and then as you play, of course, you unlock different uh, mechs that you can play with and that kind of stuff. I've been really liking it. I don't remember if I ever had beaten it when I first got it. I did um, beat it on kind of what it's not easy mode, but like you have the option. There are four islands in the game that you're trying to protect, and you can go to the final mission 
after the as as long as you've beaten just two islands, it keeps getting progressively hard as you play. You can go ahead and go to the final mission after you've beaten two islands, or you can stay for three, or you can stay for four. And I've beaten it once uh, just after two islands. I haven't done any better than that yet, but uh, I've been playing. It's 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 gotten me hooked like kind of the same way that Slay the Spire did for a little bit, where it's just like oh one yeah. more mission, one more mission, uh, just that kind of trying to you know plan out your strategy for the game and that sure. kind of stuff. It's 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 kind of got me sucked in a lot more than the first time I played it. So uh, that's yeah, that's what I've been putting a lot of my time into lately. Besides Final Fantasy fourteen, when I can get logged in. <laughs> so I guess that's gonna do it for twenty twenty one. Any last words, Jay? Uh, just want to say thank you to everybody for all the support. Really appreciate everybody who's been emailing in, and to those who have historically, we always really appreciate you reaching out and communicating with us and. Thanks for another fun year, Robert. Yeah, thank you too. And uh, yeah, likewise, thanks to all all of our listeners. We appreciate it. It's always fun to hear from you guys. It's it's good to know that people, it's fun to know that people like hearing us talk about games and like communicating and talking about games Agreed. with us as well. So uh, yeah, we're looking forward to uh, getting into Final Fantasy VIII sometime soon. And uh, Coming to a theater near you. Yeah, exactly. And we'll be back sometime in January. Start talking about games once again. Sounds good. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be back in, uh, I'm not sure, sometime next month. Yeah, I was going to say sometime next year. Yep. See y'all. Take care, everybody.